Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to The Brink as we get you excited and thrilled for another week on this October 2nd. It is, of course, a Monday that you are first hearing this, or if you're listening to some other days, a hello, our 45th podcasted, rebooted episode for you to enjoy. We've crossed the 12-month mark in terms of when we've returned and uh, obviously excited to be back once again. Another big show today, a bit of a grand final theme one we had one last week and a lot of reactions from the big game of course on the weekend, mainly AFL. We were going to do a bit on NRL but um, that obviously never materialised. But uh, in a week that saw us uh, celebrate happy uh, podcast day, international podcast day, I guess you could say it was a happy day for those uh, celebrating podcasts, I'm not sure. Uh, we had a bit of a spike in the listeners during the week, so thank you to everybody who tuned in and just looking at our numbers throughout the week. Uh, big shout out to all, of course, as usual, our American, our Canadian and New Zealand listeners uh, starting to uh, follow us up a little bit. Austria and uh, Korea, South Korea, the Republic of Korea, if we want to be um, technical there. So uh, hello to everybody who's tuned in and I appreciate uh all the new ones. I've noticed here in terms of the American side of things, uh, Toronto, oh, that's Canadi- Canadian, I should say, uh, Dallas, I was going to say for our American ones, a few new cities that I don't often see on our, uh, on our listenership base there. So, um, howdy y'all to everybody in Dallas, I guess. And, uh, I wish I knew how to say that in Korean, but, uh, I don't at the moment, but, uh, we appreciate you listening. And, uh, once again, happy International Podcast Day, which, uh, was on Saturday. So, uh, thank you for your support. We've, uh, found another 15 year old. To hang out with, apparently, uh, it's this boy, what the Dakota, say? Dakota Bleary. Another one, another one. No, that's, I, I, that's, what does that sound like? I keep finding fifteen-year-olds. You hang out with other fifteen-year-olds. Yeah, it's the only people that like me, kids. Okay. But also, know? I'm eighteen. I'm actually almost nineteen, which yeah. is terrifying. That's pretty scary, actually. Like literally, about a month. You've grown up in it front of my eyes. Scares the hell out of me. Yeah, Don't I feel like so sorry for yeah. you turning 19. Yeah. Oh. I know, right? Just uh, what, a tragedy. 30, yeah. what a tragic life you lead. I know. It's terrifying. Dakota Leary about to turn 19. <laughs> exactly. Here I am sitting here, you know, closer to 50. But shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> now, uh, we tried this out the other week uh, with Nicholas, Nick, our New Zealand uh, sheep guy. Uh, and basically... Oh, yes. We, uh, I've discovered this fantastic book. It's by a British comedian called Richard Herring. It's called Emergency Questions. And basically, Richard uh, hosts some podcasts and he's had some very big names on his shows over the years. And he came up with some very obscure questions. And uh, he did a book about it. So, oh, of course he did. I got the book. Yeah. Um, of course fi- he did. Over 500 of these. I'm not going to ask you all of them, maybe about 400 of them. But uh, I'm just going to ask you some random ones here. Uh, which are just the most obscure, interesting questions. Do you thought the high noon forty <laughs> I were did. weird? Yes. This um takes the cake. Okay, go. Do you remember the first time that a childhood enthusiasm was crushed and broken? <laughs> well, you still are a child, so um, I think I asked this one to Nick the other week, but uh, we'll, we'll go with this. A childhood enthusiasm. Um, yes. Are you going to elaborate or be a Formula One driver? <laughs> yeah. And I think I was talking to someone about it, and I was like, oh, I want to be a Formula 1 driver, I'm going to be a Formula 1 driver, and it's going to be the best. And he's like, you realize how much money that costs, don't you? <laughs> and this is the year talking to like a five-year-old, and he's like, oh, you realize how much money that costs, don't you? And like, people need to like start racing go-karts and stuff when they're like four, and rah, 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 <laughs> rah, rah, rah. realistic terms to you. And, and I'm like, like fuck you. Dude, shut up, I can have a dream. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> 
Oh, poor little Dakota. That was only like a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What? Uh, no. Uh, what? Yeah. No. We'll see that. What is your favorite bridge? My favorite bridge. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. My favorite. Fuck. Um. <laughs> the Richmond Bridge. Yeah. I like the Richmond Bridge. It's a good bridge. Yeah. It's for, in terms of bridges. It's oldest, right. oldest bridge in Australia. It's a bit of alright. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many different human beings poo have you had to deal with? <laughs> uh, this is a funny story, actually. That's what we like on the um, show. In grade five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, last year. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> this kid, he was like, oh, I'm just going to shit in the store cupboard because I can. Uh, at, at school Yeah <laughs> Just like I'm uh, gonna shit Yeah he shat in the store cupboard <laughs> What school was this? Um, no comment And Please um, comment Oh Rosetta Primary School Yeah typical Yeah And <laughs> I had to go get something From the store cupboard So I went to get the thing You right? Don't Just you? keep talking You, you don't need to see What I'm doing Went to t- <laughs> Went to get the thing From the store cupboard For the teacher I'm like oh That's shit <laughs> Um so I walked out, and I'm like, oh, Miss... Oh, I can't remember what her name was at the moment. Yeah, Miss, you can. Miss, okay. <laughs> Miss Devereaux. Miss Devereaux. Hey, Miss Devereaux. Devereaux. Is that a primary? How are you? Yeah, Miss Devereaux. Can you... There's, there's you know, there's there's poo in the in the, <laughs> in the the store cupboard. And she's like, what? And I'm like, there's, there's poo. Like, there's human feces in the fucking store cupboard. And she's like, what? And she went to look, and she's like, oh, there he is. And then, yeah. That's the moment she's questioning why she became a teacher. Yeah. And I. <laughs> so, is that two? You've only to deal with that kids and yours? Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, I remember Anthony, used to co-host his show, told me the story once about how uh, one of his brothers pooped in the kitty litter tray once. Uh, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> what, when you got to go, you got to yeah. go. Um, <laughs> what, what is your favorite bun that is named after a place? So like the Boston bun, the Chelsea bun, you know. Boston bun. Everyone loves a good bus- yeah. Boston bun. Bloody good bun. It's Boston bun. Um, if you had to marry a piece of furniture, if you had to. I had to. What piece of furniture would you marry? Oh. There's actually an actual fetish for this. People actually get turned on by what furniture. furniture. That's actually a very hard question. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully you don't get hard over that question. I need to find the name of that fo- uh, that uh, actual um, fetish. Probably like a fold-out couch. Because then it's a bed and a couch. Okay. So then you could like sit up and watch TV, but also... Have sex with it? Lay down and have sex, yeah. (laughs) I mean... But sometimes sleep. You seem to be very specific about that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find out... What the well, normal called. a regular couch doesn't have enough room to sleep usually. Well, so, I don't know if I feel like and um, a bed isn't usually the comfortablest thing to sit up and watch TV on. I don't know if so, I'm comfortable sitting on this couch with you all of a sudden. <laughs> um, can you? There's <laughs> some very inappropriate questions in this one, and I wouldn't ask these to anyone, but this is only you. <laughs> <laughs> God, I really hope we get like something really important on this show one time and I can ask these <laughs> questions and I can get the queen just, just or something. fucking tell the question. Can you describe the most unusual penis you have ever seen? I cannot. <laughs> Although, <laughs> me and my friends got like 
A bit curious. Oh, God. Oh, this God, is, no. That, that's leading that's, into a good conversation. We were bored one day, so we whipped them out and stared at them. Fuck, oh, yeah, he was pretty unusual, George. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Keep going with the story. You started it. So we were talking about, oh, there's this guy in, like, Africa, and he has the world's biggest penis. Um, and he's like, oh, it's, like, like massive. Like, it's like an elephant trunk. And we're like, really? Surely that's not a thing. And so we looked it up on Google, and it's like, it's massive. It goes all the way down to his feet. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing unusual. We've all looked yeah. it up. Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> it's one of these things that all guys have looked up at yeah. one point in their life. You know, believe yeah, me, it's sure. a thing. It's just whether you admit to it or not. <laughs> um, what does mansplaining mean? What does mansplaining mean? Well, I'm going to mansplain it to you. Um, well, actually, what is mansplaining? Yeah, I've got a comment about mansplaining. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite a sexist well, term, if you ask. I suppose me. it's just like the excuses men make up. I think it's quite. A, I think it's a very sexist term. Yeah, because you're essentially labelling an explanation by yeah. a man based purely on their gender. Yeah, men have very sexist. Like, think we have men through man through as well. Which is very sexist because you're basically Extremely implying sexist. that men are uh, just whinging about like, things. Fuck and you, I'm dying. Yeah, so uh, look, but we're not. But Dakota, yeah. as straight white males, we're privileged. No, we uh, we're not allowed yeah, to express opinions. To so we're, exactly. we're wrong. We're automatically exactly. wrong. Um, what is the strangest thing that you have ever found in a fridge? Was it poo by that guy? <laughs> he did a shit and get no, five. Strangest thing I've ever found in a fridge. Oh. Hmm. I've never really found anything strange in fridges. It's pretty pretty normal fridge finds. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't generally look in people's fridges. To be honest, you're gonna go home tonight and you're gonna find something strange in the fridge and you're gonna text me and go, Ben, I found a, a small child from China. I in doubt my it. Fridge. The only thing that would ever be strange in my fridge is if I put it in there. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Your nan doesn't put like Not shit really. in there. Yeah. No. I mean, she puts the Vegemite in there. I'm like, don't put the Vegemite in there. It's a Vegemite in the fridge. Yeah, what's wrong with her? I is it is it? It's not cheesy bite because you've got to no, put cheesy no, bite in the fridge. Vegemite. It's just normal it's Vegemite. Vegemite. Uh, my dad used to put jam in the fridge. No, I hate it when people put spread in the fridge because it goes hard and you can't spread it. Yeah, it's mm. weird. Um, when you are asked to imagine a time or place when you are calm and happy. What time and or place do you imagine? That's very Fucking never. <laughs> um, oh, a time and a place when I'm happy and calm. Oh, I don't know. There's an example answer here. The, somebody's answer chimed in and said, I go back to a holiday I had in Thailand where I was staying in a beach hut and one night at midnight noticed that a small sandbank had appeared. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, they just had a nice holiday in Thailand, apparently. Yeah, I like, there's a beach they go to a lot up Near Orford, well, not near Orford. It's closer to Swansea than Orford, but um, it's okay. yeah, it's nice there. I suppose it's relaxing as relaxing can get. I don't know. That's nice. Yeah. What yeah. is your third earliest memory? That is <laughs> that is not your earliest memory <laughs> or the next earliest one, but the one after that. It's very specific. Well, I wouldn't know. It might be a false memory. Um, I mean, your early memories only happened like a my week third ago. Earliest memory. <laughs> um. When I went, I went to my cousin's wedding, and it was the first time I wore a suit ever. Okay. And I was like, it was like little one of those little penguin suits, and I looked cute and with my bow tie, and yeah. Did did the photos of this exist? Yeah, or? There's many photos of this that exist. Awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see here. <laughs> do I want to ask you this question? Do I yes. want to ask you this yes, question? You do. 
You definitely do. I don't know if you want to answer this question. I definitely do. Who do you most regret not getting off with when you had the chance? Oh. <laughs> oh. I told you. <laughs> Fuck. Ah. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> and you want to name names here. They won't listen. Oh, let me think. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm trying to think of someone that I've wanted to get off with that I haven't got off with. And oh, it's hard. Mr. Lothario. Yeah, exactly. Oh, everyone I've wanted to get off <laughs> yeah. with, I already have. Yeah. Move on. Exactly. Mr. Womanizer here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I can't. Oh, yes, you can. I Come on. I just can't. You, you've so got someone on the mind there. You hesitated slightly. Give it. Give us a name. No, there's no one. Give us can... a name, Dakota. <laughs> give no us a name. Want to, like, there's obviously people that I've had crushes on. Okay, well, give us one of them. That I can't, like, that Who haven't is, okay, gone any okay. further. The but, ultimate like, one that you've had a crush on that you've never, like... You know. Oh, there was this in high school. Okay, what's her name? Michaela. She hot? Sh- sure. Do you still know her? Yes. Okay, then. Well, um, go and get off with it. You'd be so sorry. Hi, Michaela, like, if you're listening. I hope you're not. Fuck. I hope she is. Um, I really hope she isn't. Um, hey, Michaela, though, if you are listening. Is she 18? Yeah. I'll get off with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm single. I'm allowed. Um, and yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like, pervy, Ben. <laughs> she was, I was obsessed with her. Right. And yeah, it just never went like any who any. So I just knocked on the door and like, hi. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even sure. sure why it didn't, but it just didn't. Because you, end, thought, you like, assumed straight away you would have just done it. I'm not. I honestly don't know why what happened. Like it just kind of. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, what is the? Oh God, I'm afraid for this one. What is the most offensive thing that you can think of? <laughs> most offensive thing that I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Like to say. Well, sometimes women ask for rape. That's pretty offensive. <laughs> You'd think we'd edit that out, wouldn't you? But I asked a question. Um, <laughs> hello to all our female. Emma Kayla, if you're listening, maybe it's a good thing he didn't try and get off with you. Um, I, I, I can't. I can't answer any more questions after that. Wait, wait, wait. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Views of Dakota answering questions <laughs> is not views of actual Dakota, because <laughs> Dakota <laughs> wanted to answer the question. <laughs> like it's, it's it's honestly one of those questions that you kind of like. Look, we can all think of incredibly yeah. offensive yeah. things, but it's one of those ones that you still think a person's going to at least you know steer clear yeah. off slightly. Like oh, you know, whatever. You went there. No, it's offensive. You told it's very me offensive. the most offensive thing. It's true, it's true. I've got no one else to blame. It's but not my views. Yeah, but it's offensive. It's incredibly offensive. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, Dakota. Thank you. Uh, we might see, <laughs> we might sing a bit more this episode, but um, that just happened. All right, moving on. Right, welcome back to the brink. Uh, what up? Press this button again. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favorite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Now, uh, shall I pull out the list again to see if we've done this one for yourself, Dakota? Um, no, because we haven't. Are you sure? No, okay, fucking look, <laughs> look at it then. All right, hang on a second. Oh, I, hope, I hope we have. We're, we're looking at the list here. <laughs> oh, I, hope I don't we hope have. we have because you take forever to choose a fucking yeah, song. Um, how are you, Dakota? Good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. I'm you good? We're looking at the piece here. Uh, we have... 
Uh, party in the USA, party Rockhampton, uh, no Paranoid. So. No Paranoid. Oh. All right, Paranoid you're doing. Yeah, Paranoid by Black Sabbath. By Bleak Sibis, Bleak as they're in New Zealand. Yep. Um, you I are going, am going to be singing to about, be singing about things, things that are very offensive. That, oh, God. <laughs> you started it with your segment before. Oh, you God. dug yourself a hole. You've got to sing about it now. Uh, forewarning to anybody. Well, I'm not uh, going to mention the thing, though. A forewarning Look, to anybody. In my defence, you <laughs> fucking asked me to think of the most offensive if thing. If I asked like you to go and murder my neighbour, would you do it? Yes. Can you? Sure. <laughs> Please don't. Actually, don't. Don't do it. Okay. Sing about things that are offensive. Black Sabbath, <laughs> paranoid. Uh, a warning to anybody listening to this, he may cause offence. That's the point of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Over to you, Dakota Leary. Ben asked me to think of the most offensive thing that I could think of. I said sometimes women ask for it, referring to not right, definitely. What? Yes. Sometimes people take offense to things that aren't meant offensively. And sometimes when they take offense, they really are carp and crack the shits. Get over it. Because I'm sick of your shits. You whingy cunt. <laughs> oh, wow. They're definitely not on it anymore. <laughs> Some of you may have found that offensive, but you can go away. Because things that you find offensive doesn't matter to me. You're doing really well on the guitar there. Thank you. You're welcome. And that offensive. <laughs> you winded cunt. <laughs> That just popped out of my head. I don't that know. was brilliant. Yeah. Lyrical genius right there. Right. That's just playing the guitar. That's fine. It's, yeah. You know. I like it. I like playing the guitar. Offense is a subjective thing that maybe some people will find offensive. Subjectiveness is offensive and so is everything else, apparently. I think this is the end, I'm not sure. Um, no, okay. No, no, you got a bit more. Everyone around the world finds at least one thing offensive. Yeah. Sorry if you kept trying to stop offending people. You'd be doing it forever. That, that's about it. Yeah, that is. That is. Well done. Clap, 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 clap. Um, can't not give you a ten there for once again lyrical genius. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Said the word now three times in the space of three yeah. minutes. But thank you. Welcome to the brink. All right, yeah. we're gonna have a duet next. All right, we'll uh, come back. Speak shortly. <laughs> On a very busy show today, we still have time to bring you this. Back 
to the year that was 2009 as we uh, continue to have a look through that year that was and uh, as you would have heard previously on the show when it comes to these classic segments uh, we have a segment called Ask the Brink formerly Ask Anthony we reformed that into Ask the Brink where we got you the listeners to send in the questions to us and basically ask us for advice so let's hear what we gave out advice in 2009 in our Ask the Brink segment Help, I need somebody ah, the Brink Nick from Gilson Bay He's 16. He's asking me and Ben, what's for dinner as for he's hungry and... and he's hungry. Uh, it, it, dinner. Dinner. Yeah. I haven't even had breakfast yet, Nick. It's 8.35, Nick. Come on now. <laughs> what the heck? This is, this is just not very... He's 16. The poor boy's hungry. Maybe his parents aren't home. In Gilson Bay? Yes. Careful what you say about Gilson Bay, Josh. It's a very nice suburb. I quite like it a lot. I frequent it a lot. Yeah, I know, Ben. It's nice. That's why you're hungry. Ben frequents it. I eat all the food, Nick. I'm sorry. Aww. I just I just walk past a house. I smell a hamburger. You know, well, I think it's a hamburger, and then I realise it's a roast, and by the time I've realised that, it's time halfway through, and I've all down my shirt, and I'm dribbling. Yes, Josh. Nick, yeah. Agree with me. I do, but you're weird. I, I could have told you that. No. Um, okay, Nick, what I suggest for you to do is just next time you see Ben out there, treat him like a bear. Shoot him! <laughs> <laughs> um, we've already established the fact that I'm unshootable, apparently. Um, Josh, unshootable. Un, un, uh, we've uh, got... Um, uh, I've got a question here from Cities 23 from Glenelg. From uh, Adelaide. Yeah, it's actually Glenelg, Ben. Adelaide. It's Jim South Australia. Fine, anyway, he's asking me if he can stay at my house for the 200th show as it's going to be the best thing ever and want to save on accommodation. That's a good idea. Um, How's the fold-out looking, Josh? Uh, no. Not gonna Put him mate. in the good room. <laughs> in the pool room. So you're saying no to poor Sid? No, because I need my privacy. I need my privacy. You need to, you need to com- com- uh, compose yourself. Before a show. Yeah, that sounds a bit uh, wrong. Um, why? Posted putting his heart out for you. He's from Glenelg. He wants to come over. I can't help if he's got that disease. From being Glenelg. Anyway, oh, no, he's not staying at my house. You just you just said Sid has a disease. Yeah. What? <laughs> not next week the Premier will be on, Josh. You've got to lift your game up. Oh, can't oh, just say people I'll have diseases. I'll lift your game up. Can't just say people have diseases. Can't have <laughs> evidence. <laughs> His medical he's, ad- he's admitted it though. He's from Glenelg. Glenelg's a lovely suburb. Haven't you been to Glenelg? I have. I, I quite like the suburb. It's the people. It's it's a lovely beachside suburb, Josh. I quite enjoyed my time. So in Sandy Bay, but you don't say that about here. Why? Oh, I, I think Sandy Bay's a lovely suburb. We're in Sandy Bay right now. I can't. It's a great suburb. There we go, because it is a great suburb. It, what, what about Bella Reeve? That you know, actually, I've been watching Smallville, and their mental institution is called Bell Reeve. <laughs> They're always like, "Oh, we're going to Bell Reeve," or you know, "We're going to break you out of Bell Reeve." Why? Is... I want to get like a sound grab of that. And I don't know. No, 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 no. You've lost it. This You've morning. lost it. You've this... got to pick your game up. I'm going to slap you. This time in next week, we're 21 minutes away from having Throw Tim this... Franklin on the show. Yeah. So you've got to you've got to prepare, Josh. I don't need to prepare for Tim. Safety. Tim needs to prepare for me. <laughs> Safety belts, Josh. Safety <laughs> belts. Padded shorts. Um, we're gonna be playing what? Polo for twenty-five. Uh, Polo, who is twenty-five from Bernie, asks where he left the soap because he can't seem to find it anywhere. 
have you checked in the soap holder in your shower? He see, he seems to know that you know. He seems to think that you know that you know what? He I've thinks- never I've never been to Bernie in my life. Maybe you were at his house and you're just not telling us something here, Josh. Hey, 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 hey. Ben, that joke was quite unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, yes, Paul. What, Josh? Yes, hello? I just, I just, it's like a, that's where it usually is, in yeah. the soap holder. He might have um, dropped it in the shower and it fell down the plug hole. Well, maybe. maybe. How do you know that? I don't. I'm just jumping to conclusions. Let's go to our next segment. What's our next segment? Let's let's go to our website. Let's look at the photos. <laughs> Josh is changing the subject. I don't, I think he's sneaking something in here. What's going on, Josh? What's going on? I just realised you've updated the photos now. I haven't updated the photos. The web team have updated the photos, Josh. I don't... Why would I waste my time sitting on our website updating? a Facebook photo, that is. Because <laughs> like, the listeners at home can see what you're, you're talking about right now. Yeah. There's definitely a reason why it didn't become some sort of helper or way of actually officially helping people. So, uh, we tried. That's all I can say. <laughs> We are obviously in that part of the week where it is AFL Grand Final Week and we're very close to the game. And at least at the time of recording this, we have two very nervous clubs and two very nervous clubs groups of supporters who are wondering how this Saturday is going to go. We've obviously spoken to some Richmond fans before, but we needed to track down the other side. I wanted to hear from some Adelaide supporters just to see how they're feeling. And I do have on the line with me right now a member of the Adelaide Crow supporters group uh, who is going to head to Melbourne to see the big game on Saturday. Uh, I speak with Michael Knowles. Michael, first of all, thank you for joining me here on The Brink today, mate. That's all right. No worries. Now, how are you feeling right now? We should mention we're obviously recording this on a Tuesday, uh, about four days away now. So, uh, I mean, are the the nerves settling in yet? I mean, how how is just your mind entirely on the grand final for the rest of this week? (laughs) Yes, it is. I'm finding it very hard to concentrate at work. (laughs) (laughs) I can can imagine. Uh, I mean, it's it's obviously been a long time uh, between drinks with the Crows, uh, 18, 19 years since you've been in the grand final. I mean, do you remember the, the 97 and 98 grand finals at all? Uh, let's just say barely. So it's <laughs> been very hard to try and even just remember back then. And I, I remember being nine, ten years old, and I just remember all the car horns all around my area just going insane and people running out in the street and just celebrating. It was crazy. But this time it's a you know, completely different experience for me because I'm actually going. So it's once-in-a-lifetime you know, opportunity, and, yeah, I'm just very grateful I get to go. And as a member of the supporter group, I mean, this is kind of obviously what you all want to build up to to hope that this happens one day. So, I mean, how many of you are there in this supporter group that are going to be heading to the MCG on Saturday? I believe between 200 and 250 people will wow. be in the cheer squad bay. Yeah. Wow. So, so you have seats behind be, the goal. Yeah. You're going to be the ones with the, with the banners and the, the big streamers and all that sort of thing. Yes, yeah, I'll be in the second row, so wow. very close to the action. <laughs> that is that is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously a lot of people are talking all about Richmond and the support that they've got, but, I mean, I kind of yeah. uh, assume that this is going to be a very much a, a battle of the supporters because I know Adelaide supporters are very passionate. And, uh, I mean, you had, what, 53,000 of you at the Adelaide Oval the other day um, and yes. with the amount of you that are no doubt outside of the supporters group coming there. So is it a, is it a case yeah. of trying to be as vocal and as loud as the Tiger supporters to try and help them? The, the boys get a bit of a home field advantage to compete with the Tigers? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, when the final siren went on Friday night, I didn't hear it. That's how wow. loud you know, Adelaide was. So I actually experienced that for the first time, not actually hearing the final siren. So when I knew that happened, I knew that, you know, the, the fans helped so much, you know, just getting the crows going that night, and they really appreciated that. And, you know, the support and the noise was just, yeah, just something I'd never experienced before. And that was, that was actually my first preliminary final. So just to experience that and now to head, you know, to the grand final. I think it's, it's a really exciting time for, for fans and obviously the football club. So it's, yeah, I think everyone's pretty pumped and just ready to, to get there now and just, yeah, just ready for it. Can't wait. And, and how was it organising flights and organising accommodation? Because, uh, you know, it's obviously a, a whole, uh, I reckon pretty much half of Adelaide are going to Melbourne this uh, weekend, aren't they? I mean, it's, <laughs> it seems that way. Yeah, well, Walker said yesterday he's expecting about 30,000 Crows fans there. So wow. Um, I, I actually booked accommodation a couple of months ago just in case, and it's, it's paid off luckily, and I'm, I'm actually going to be driving over early Friday morning. Wow, so okay. a bit of a road trip. How long's the yeah. drive from Adelaide to Melbourne? Uh, about eight hours, not too I believe, bad. but yeah, not too bad, and we'll have a couple of stops along the way and just take it all in, and I'm sure a few of the towns will welcome us with <laughs> open arms, hopefully. <laughs> Well, it seems, so, it seems yeah, to be one of those be grand finals, I think, that, um, you know, if you don't support either of the teams, I mean, from my perspective, I, I'd be happy with either team winning. I, I, I don't dislike the Crows. I don't dislike the Tigers. So, for me, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. whoever wins, I'll, I'll be I'll be satisfied with. Do you, do you have that in Adelaide, obviously, with Crosstown rivals, Port Adelaide? I, I saw a few Port supporters during the week were a little bit pissed off that, uh, you know, you guys are getting the glory. Do you, do you get Port Adelaide supporters jumping on the bandwagon or can they not make themselves do that? Uh, let's just say I don't know many that will be doing that. So <laughs> it's it's very Port or Crows, and I admit I'm a bit one-eyed myself. I I don't really support Port much at all when it comes to other games. So it's just that's that crosstown rivalry. Like I I've always been Crows since I was a kid, and it hasn't changed. So it's just hard to go for another team when you know an opposition's playing Port because I just don't follow them at all. So mm. I'm very just... And the same with Port sports, they're the same. They're just Port or they're Crows. That's, I think that's how it is here in SA because we we love our footy here. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy I to think, think that, yeah. isn't it? That kind of, you know, one city can have these two teams, but, you know, you don't just kind of have this support. I think I was a bit, bit that way the other year when Fremantle made it. I knew a lot of West Coast supporters that couldn't find themselves barracking for the Dockers. So, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Whereas myself, you know, I'm in Tasmania, I go for Carlton, but at the end of the day, as long as it's not Hawthorne or Collingwood or Reston, then I'm going to go for whoever's in the grand final. So that's generally how yeah. I look at it. <laughs> And I actually went to Tasmania a few months ago and watched the Crows lose to North Melbourne. Ah, yes. And just for them to be able to make it to the grand final now, just I think it's a testament to, to the club. Like they've really improved over the last few months and just to make it, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously been a very interesting AFL season, but uh, obviously finishing on top of the ladder and kind of getting there yeah. in convincing uh, fashion. I mean, is, is there kind of any sort of worry coming in, though, with this, with, I guess, the, this wave of support that's getting behind Richmond, similar to, I guess, what happened last year with the Bulldogs against Sydney? Because I think it kind of feels a bit yeah. similar in, in many ways that Sydney were the favourites and Bulldogs had this mm. nostalgia factor and it's kind of, it's almost like repeating itself again this year. Yeah, it's a little, little bit... Um, in that sense, obviously, you know, Victoria, is, as, as they do, they get behind, you know, who's in the grand final. But I, I've, I've noticed I have a good feeling with the Crows. I mean, they, they've overcome a lot in the last couple of years and 
you know, obviously with losing Walsh and, and assistant coach and, and losing a lot of players along the way as well. And I think they've just been so resilient, you know, just to be able to get to where they are. And I'm still backing them. I think Crows will still do it. And are, you, and are you preparing to kind of empty the bank account a little bit should they win on Saturday when it comes to, uh, you know, buying all the premiership <laughs> merchandise? Because then that's a whole other collectible uh, set of uh, things to buy there even after you spend all this money to get to Melbourne in the first place. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely have to keep some aside because, yeah, just just have a good feeling. So, yeah, definitely be prepared. Well, we're going to keep an eye on it, obviously, Michael. And I'll tell you what, uh, shall they win? And uh, we're going to be completely biased and positive with everybody we get on this show. We're going to say this to both yourself and obviously Richmond people get on the show. But uh, when uh, Adelaide win, we will uh, we'll get you back on the show uh, to do another little segment, see how you're feeling afterwards. Uh, how does that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. Perfect, Michael. Well, good luck with it all and have a safe drive there and uh, let's go Crows. Yes, thank you and go Crows. That time of the show where I get to press a button. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. And forget the lyrics. And just like last week, just like last week, we get to do it brand fucking new because Dakota is still on the couch and pulling weird faces at me. I did say I didn't want to do it. Yeah, well, you're doing it again. You were like deliberately forced to he be in He forced me to stay in his house for a week. I did. I literally locked him yeah. in the cupboard. It's horrifying. I said, you stay there, you yeah. little shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm going first this time and I'm going to be singing. <laughs> it's quite an appropriate song based oh, on what we just singing? said. Okay. Uh, I Want to Break Free by oh. Queen. Okay. Good song. I'm sure we've done that before. I, I don't think we have. I'm positive we have. Well, if we have, we're doing it again. I'm 99% sure we no, have not I'm done this before. Sure we definitely have. All right, just you keep talking. Yeah, all right. Go do it. All right, well, I'm just going to take it. Uh, recording. He's just going to leave. No, he's going to leave me with I'm the task of talking. To, all right. <laughs> I'm definitely sure. I'm sure he's getting the book now. I'm definitely sure. I'm sure that we've done it. I'm definitely sure that we've done this song because I was with... It was during the brink. <laughs> That's not the right book. Um, it was during the brink when we, were, when we had the brink in the morning and we and we did I Want to Break Free and I remember because Ben did it. What? What did I do? I said, I said go, go away. Go away? It's my house. No. All right, I've got the, no. the list here. I'm sure we've done it. Hi, Positive. how you doing? Positive. Positive? Yeah. All right. <sighs> even if it's on the list, we've still done it. Well, if it's on the list, we've done it. If no, it's not on the list, not. we haven't done nah, it. No, we've definitely done it. All right. All right, how you going? We have done it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Dakota, being right. <laughs> not fair, all right? Oh, you were so, you were so happy. You were like, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, well, you can go fuck yourself. Um, I did last night. Wow. Uh, we have not done Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Okay. We have so not done Crazy Little Thing Called Love. All right, sure. You think we have, haven't no, don't you? I don't. <laughs> I'm just... Damn it. All right, hang on. Just got to cue this up here, folks. This is all, again, could have edited this out, but we're not a professional podcast. All right, okay, we need to backtrack that a little bit. Just let's double check the list then to make sure little Miss Shitty Dakota over here is... Uh, <laughs> Not exactly, uh, alright. We've done crazy little things because we have not done crazy This is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is crap. This is absolute bullshit. It's rigged. Yes. It's so uh, rigged. Um, <laughs> we have not done the show must go on. I know we have not done that. 
We so have not done the show, Musk. I fucking love this song. And if we've done this, I quit. <laughs> the brink is officially Dakota's. I'm done. Uh, we have not done it there. Right. In your face. Right. In your face. All right. Welcome back to Forget the Lyrics. Yeah, hey. Uh, this is... Uh, <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> Me. My turn. Uh, <laughs> the show must go on. Uh, quite must. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by, by myself. Originally by Queen. What's my topic? Your topic is... Having done those songs before. He's such an original thinker. Aren't I just? <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's do this, motherfucker. Okay, over to you, Queen. What a, what a great song this is. What a great brand, band. Answer right. Queen. Don't say it's all right. Queen are awesome. Okay, sure. Best. Okay. I looked at the list Thought I hadn't done them Lots of songs On forget the lyrics Apparently I had actually already done them I got really angry At Dakota Told him to get fucked you little shit Why Did you have to take away My dreams like that Already done the songs Already done the songs Yeah Inside my heart was breaking I had to choose another one to do on the show. I thought I hadn't done the next one. Got real excited. Spanked myself on the bum. Realized that I'd also already fucking done that song. Got so mad Had to choose another But then I realized This song's pretty good too Really wanted to sing it So I did it for Forget the Lyrics Sang it on Forget the Lyrics Sang it on Forget the Lyrics Yeah I've never done this song before We've done lots and lots of them But never this one Never there <laughs> Yeah, I'm done Okay Fair enough That's good for you I, I don't know what that bit was at the end but... Yeah Oh, why? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were very. Woo! I wasn't expecting that. Oh. Yeah, okay. good on you. Good, on, good on you. Good on me. Yeah. All right, we'll come back with another one. You're doing your own next, <clears> so we'll see how that goes. We'll be back shortly. <laughs> Time to get a little bit Kiwi on the show right now as uh, we talk all things about New Zealand and all things about 
New Zealand. Uh, it's Nick Chester from New Zealand. Hello, Nick. Welcome back to the show. It's always good to be here. I, I don't know why I just had to drop New Zealand about 300 times there. Uh, obviously, your election happened on the weekend, uh, at least when we're recording this last weekend. When you're hearing this, it was two weekends ago. What the hell happened? Because you try to explain a little bit of this to me off air. I'm confused. I mean, do you have a leader or not? Like, who is running? Are you running New Zealand or something by now? I mean, I don't know. Like, what the hell happened? Um, well, it's very complicated, and um, so so our system is um, we we have a slightly different um, electoral system. It's called um, MMP, which stands for Mixed Member Proportional. Which basically it means that it, it's pretty rare that one party wins and um, can govern on their own. And normally, it's a bit survivor esque where um, after the election, um, basically the the um, the political parties get together and, and try and organise a bit of an alliance or a coalition that they can govern with, where they have a majority between you know two or more parties. Um, so at the moment we had um, our national party, which is our kind of centre right party. So they they got about forty five percent of the vote. So they don't quite have enough on their own to govern. And uh, on the left wing we've got um, our Labour Party, which got about thirty six percent of the vote, I think, and then our Green Party, which got about seven percent. So. Um, they normally stick together, but so neither group's got enough to kind of govern on their own. So everybody's kind of sitting in the middle and we're waiting for uh, um, a pretty lively character called Winston Peters, who runs a party called New Zealand First, who are quite a centrist party. And uh, so he's in discussions with all these different other groups to decide who can give him the best deal to to. Um, provide support for a government for the next three years. So we're all on tenterhooks. We, uh, we've had an election and we still don't know what's going to happen. I am looking here, uh, at least on Wikipedia, in terms of um, these ones you just mentioned. Uh, and looking here, Winston Peters was has been the leader of this party since 1993. I mean, yes. what? How? how can somebody in a political party be a leader for 24 years? I mean, what... Like, is this New Zealand first because it's just Winston Peters first and no one else second? I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny you make that joke because uh, he actually used to be in the the National Party and um, he got booted out of that party. And so he started his own political party called New Zealand First. And uh, when they got started, my uh, I remember being a young kid when that party was formed. And um, my grandfather made that very comment that it should be called Winston Peters First, not New Zealand First. Because, yes, he, he, he is a pretty lively character. He's... Um, um, he's probably as close as we'll get to Donald Trump over here. He's, um, um, yeah, he's a, a bit kind of anti-immigration, um, a, a bit of a populist, you know. And um, he, but he's known as a bit of a slippery character. So he's actually propped up both left-wing and right-wing governments over the years. So um, he's also been um, a few years ago. He actually got voted out of Parliament, and we all thought that was the end of him. But then he got in at the next election. So he's um, he's kind of like the cockroach. You just you can never get rid of him. And even though he only got about seven percent of the vote. He actually is holding all the cards at the moment. So um, it's a bit of a weird system, but um, it's it's pretty fascinating to watch. Well, judging on the seat distribution, which is, I guess, what we kind of go on a lot here, I mean, what's the first... Uh, so National Party got 58 seats, which is down on one from the last election. Um, then the Labor got 45, which is up 13. And then New Zealand First got nine, which is down three. Then you've got the Green Party, they won seven. Uh, what is this? The uh, the ACT Party, is it ACT or ACT? Um, yeah. One seat. And then the, uh, the, is it the Maori Party got two seats. Uh, oh, no, zero seats. Sorry, it's saying here. Oh, anyway, I, I, you know more than I do. But, so, I mean, based on everything that's happening right now, if you're Mr. Election Analyst, 
what what do you think is going to happen? What what will Mister Mister Winston Peters do? Are we going to have Jacinda as our leader, or are we going to have Bill as our leader? Well, that's quite tricky because um, I, I think if if Winston really had his way, he'd probably go with the Labor Party um, and the Greens, maybe, um, and form that kind of centre left government. I think that he his his policies are probably more aligned with that group. Um, but that's always a bit tricky because then you've got kind of a three-way, you know, pairing, and it's always hard to provide kind of central, uh, kind of stable government with three, you know, kind of three parties involved there. Um, and kind of the Green Party, especially, and Winston Peters are kind of at odds on a lot of policies, so it, it, it can be quite difficult. Um, so I think he'd probably rather go that way, but because of that situation, he may end up going over to National. He's only got to deal with one party. Um, he may not really be lined up on a lot of the policies, but it will be easier to kind of have an influence there. Um, he's also got a lot of bad blood with the National Party. Um, he, he doesn't like, um, he's although everybody else in the world seems to love John Key, he was one who didn't love John Key. Um, there's also a few kind of games about some of his um, um, uh, his benefits because because he's over 65, he's entitled to um, a superannuation, and um, so you know some of the details around that and what he was receiving and, and potentially getting overpaid was released, and he's blaming this National Party for doing that. So there's a little bit of bad blood there as well. So it's really anybody's game. It definitely feels a little bit like uh, as close as we'll get to Game of Thrones over here, really. <laughs> um, but I mean, like if shit went down right now, if North Korea bombed the shit out of Auckland, or you had another pipe that got burst and you had no electricity or gas or whatever it was. Uh, I mean, Bill English is still technically the Prime Minister right now, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, it's a bit like, you know, the, the kind of, and you guys have got it as well, that kind of old-fashioned thing where um, basically, um, you know, somebody has to, after the election, you know, somebody has to go to the Governor-General and yeah. ask permission to form a government. And at the moment, nobody could do that. Um, nobody's got the ability to kind of, you know, today as we're speaking, has the ability to kind of go out and, and go to the Governor-General and say, yes, I've got 61 votes, 61 seats, which is the majority. Nobody's got a workable majority yet, so nobody can go there. So until that time, um, basically the National Party is, uh, you know, is our interim government, really. So, yeah, if something happened, then they would be in charge of that. And um, if no decision is made by uh, sometime in November, I don't know the exact date, um, then basically we'll have to have another election. Um, that's pretty unlikely. Um, so Winston Peters is kind of holding out at the moment because our our votes all get finalised. So, you know, you have the on-the-night votes, but then, you know, you kind of have the final vote a couple of weeks later, and that includes our special votes. So anyone that voted from outside the country, um, that they will be included in that final vote. And normally what happens there, there's about, I think there's close to 300,000 votes from that are special votes. And because they're normally people outside the country, they generally tend to vote left wing. And we normally, what we normally see is that the National Party will often lose one to two seats and, you know, the Labour or Greens Party will pick them up once the special votes are counted for. And that could make a big difference because that will give that would give the Labour Greens New Zealand first block a little bit more breathing room they'd have instead of having only 61 seats that they've got right now, it could bump them up to maybe 63 or 64. So that would be a more workable majority. So Winston's just playing the games until we get those those special votes through in a couple of weeks. I just uh, had to look up in terms of when you're saying we're having to go ask the Governor-General for permission, uh, you know, obviously similar here as well, of course, but... Um and my in my life of me, I had never looked up the Governor General of New Zealand, and I've just looked her up, uh, Dame Patsy Reddy. 
she yes. seems like a nice lady. Uh, and just going through your, you've had a lot of female governor generals. Uh, what have we got here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow. Yep. Very progressive country. Well, We've had one. So. <laughs> well, at one at one stage during uh, Helen Clark's uh, reign as as prime minister, we actually had a female um, governor general, a female prime minister, and a female speaker of the house. So wow. that, we were doing pretty well there. We, well, I know when Gillard was prime minister, uh, Quinton Bryce would have been governor general. So we at least had two of those three. I don't know if we've had a. Oh no, we would. Oh, actually, it was. We might have had all three as well because um, what's the name was speaker it was a Bronwyn Bishop. Yeah, helicopter lady. Uh, anyway, um, but <laughs> one thing I noticed, Nick, I was I I flicked over. I was watching uh football, Australian football on Saturday night, and uh, flicked over on our our cable uh, over to Sky News, and they had rolling coverage of the New Zealand election, obviously showing the the New Zealand feed. Can I just point out, you have a very unique way of covering your election because um, for a large portion of what I was watching, it involved reporters standing outside hotels uh, talking about what people were eating for breakfast and shit. Like, you had this woman like, yes, I'm outside, we bull Englishers, he's just up there in that room, and I can tell you that he had breakfast this morning, then had a light lunch, and now if you're watching, Bill, why don't you wave outside the window and come down and have a chat with me? And I'm like... Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a thing, and I didn't actually watch the coverage. I was away camping over the weekend, so I didn't actually see the um, the results as they were coming in. But we do have a bit of a thing, and I, I don't know what you guys do, but you know, there's there's a lot of coverage about what the leaders will do on on election day because obviously they're not allowed to electioneer, um, you know, from midnight on election day. They're not actually allowed to. All the signs have got to be taken down. They're not allowed to do anything that say, says vote for me. So basically, they, you know, they they do they go home to their families or whatever. And where there was this kind of running joke with Jacinda that, you know, she needed to paint the fence. And so she literally did paint the fence on Saturday. Um, <laughs> and so, and then, and then as the results start coming in, there's quite, you know, there's normally somebody posted outside people's houses. So, um, you know, basically um, Bill English wasn't at his house because he lives in Wellington, but he was based in Auckland for the night. Um, so that's why he, there was a hotel room. Normally they just outside, the leaders' houses. So, and there's a bit of a tradition as well that the party leaders kind of provide food for the reporters. So quite often you'll see that they're all eating pizza or they've had a barbecue or whatever. <laughs> it's been provided it. by the party. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so it's just kind of one of those weird things. Yeah, that you're right. It's kind of like a just a, a, a um, election tradition over here. It's a bit like you know in England how they actually have all the candidates stand on stage and they and they read out the results. Yeah. Um, you know that the Kiwi the Kiwi tradition that we have is yeah, kind of everybody stands outside the leaders' homes and there's always that big thing of you know once the results start coming in, you know they get in a car and they drive to wherever the party is. And ours is a, I guess a little bit more like the American system. You know, we on election night you might stand outside Donald Trump's motel a hotel or um you know hillary clinton's house or whatever um and wait for them to kind of get in a car and, and go down to the convention center where they're making their speech you know that's a bit more what we do i remember one year uh through this show when we were still on edge we uh, it was a 2010 state election and we got like press access to the big you know when they still had counting rooms here uh the casino in hobart and that was so much fun we had a little table and we because all the candidates knew us because we'd had them on the show a lot we were just you know the fun one we didn't ask some serious questions but we like when you know uh the premier david bartlett at the time came in to kind of because it was a hung like a part like it was similar to kind of what you're saying about how there was no result they had to negotiate and all this sort of stuff so you had um then opposition leader of our state will hodgman he's now our premier he kind of came in gave his speech you know the room reporters cheerers supporters all this sort of stuff 
Then you have uh, Nick McKim, who was a Greens leader at the time. Then you have David Bartlett, the Premier. And, like, I'm legitimately standing, right, right next to the podium with my microphone. You know, swarm of, of reporters and all that. I'm, I'm the odd one out. I'm just this dickhead breakfast comedy guy and Bartlett the Premier of Tasmania walks up and this is like I recorded the the news footage of this so I saw him do this on camera as he gets up to the podium he sees me and legitimately goes oh the brink's here ha 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 and then just like gives his like big sterling speech to the whole state and I'm just like going oh I don't know if that was really cool or really embarrassing (laughs) like did he just mock me or was he happy to see me (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, oh, it's always a fun time. But, uh, you know, hopefully by this week, time next week, or the week after, or the month after, or the year after, uh, we might be able to find out who your Prime Minister is, whether Billy's there to make some more spaghetti on pizza, or Jacinda's on there to have people not allowed to comment on her looks. So, we'll see how it goes. I, th- I think the thing is that in the media they've kind of grabbed onto what well, you know it should be the National Party because they got forty six percent of the vote and that's a little bit disingenuous because basically um, you know that there is no other kind of right wing party in New Zealand you know you talk about the ACT Party but you know they're not really a party it's one guy who who always gets in and gets one seat so um, you know you've kind of got forty six percent of the people who wanted a right leaning government and we've got about forty two percent of people who want a left leaning government and then we've got you know the 7% of people or whatever that want Winston to to make a decision. And so that's what's happening is that we're all kind of over a barrel waiting for, for Winston to make that call. So it's a little bit disingenuous and you'll probably hear that in the news that everybody talking about what national should get it because they got 46% of the vote. But that doesn't really tell the whole story. That's not how MMP works. It's a, it's a convoluted system, and it's actually, if you want another example, it's it's the way that the Germans do it. So they've just had their election this weekend as well, which is a bit coincidental. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a weird system, um, but it's, uh, yeah, so the results don't always um, play out exactly how you might expect them to. So basically, anyone in New Zealand listening to this, if there's ever a time to form like a coup against the government, do it now, uh, because there's really, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot stopping you from doing it, because yeah, it's yeah. divided, and not just literally, because New Zealand is a divided country, because it's two islands. Uh, I'm sure there's other little islands, not disrespect to those other ones, you know what I mean. Um, but like, yeah, right now, New Zealand, revolt! Like, like, take a coup against your government right now, the country's yours for the taking. Uh, yeah, no, the, the, um, the, the view, the views of Ben do not reflect the, 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 the views of, uh, New Zealand or me or the Brink, I dare say. Nick, it's, uh, it's always a pleasure. We'll, we'll speak to you. Actually, before, before I let you go, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here with two quick fire questions. And I don't know if you know any of this. Um, who's your tip to win the AFL grand final, Adelaide or Richmond? Um, I, I always go for the team that's outside of Melbourne because I think it's just fun when that happens. Um, so I'll, I'll go with Adelaide. And uh, Melbourne or the Cowboys for the NRL? Um, I hate both of them. So <laughs> um, I, I, pro- I probably hate the Cowboys less. Wow. Okay. Well, by the time people are hearing this, they know whether you were right or not. But uh, anyway, always a pleasure, Nick. We'll speak to you next week. Okay, bye. <laughs> Another week where plenty of stuff happens in the world of a certain uh, orange-haired president. And to speak about everything to do with that, I've got Hobart's number one expert on all things to do with orange-haired presidents. It's Paul Luttrell. Paul, welcome back to The Brink. 
good to be here. I, I, I don't really know if you are Hobart. I'm just going to say you are Hobart's expert on it because um, it makes us sound like we've gotten someone really good on the show. But uh, anyway, uh, always up to fun stuff. And I think really all the, the talk of this week has been this whole protest situation that's happening in the NFL. Uh, Trump called out players in the NFL who kneel during the national anthem as sort of a, what is a silent protest, I guess, against uh, African-Americans and their treatment uh, in the US. And basically by Trump calling them out, uh, he's essentially started a massive, massive, massive conversation point across Americans. And uh, a lot of NFL players are now doing what they weren't doing and they're opting their right to do a silent protest. It's been a a very interesting uh, week around this. Yeah, um, it, it is kind of funny because uh, it does point out a big kind of um, hypocrisy with Trump where for some reason it's it's okay to uh, you know burn tiki torches and chant Jews will not replace us in protest of a statue, which if we get into it, the Confederacy itself kind of, you know, went against the United States, rebelled and... Um, could be seen as somewhat traitorous, treacherous in the way that they kind of went about the civil war. Mm. Um, so it's okay for that, but it's it's not okay for a, a black American citizen to protest, um, you know, police brutality um, in an NFL game. So yeah, it's it is kind of funny. I feel like it's a bit of a double standard, and we see the same with kind of like Tony Abbott as well with uh, the NRL. Apparently, you know, he's he's such a uh, an advocate for freedom of speech. Yet, when it comes to an artist's right to um, express themselves through a song, he kind of wants to censor that. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's it's very you know close parallels there. And I guess it's kind of one thing I've noticed, particularly with the American situation. First of all, is that generally whenever Trump does something or says something, for the most part, the reaction seems to be mainly negative against Trump. It's kind of just your staunch Trump supporters are going to support him. It's it's very rare that there's an even spread. I have to say, though, this kind of situation to me is the most evenly spread uh, moment where a lot of people, I mean, I guess they're more so going off at the NFL for, you know, their stance and their players doing it, not necessarily Trump. But, I mean, you know, I've got a lot of American friends on my social media platforms and, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, for every person who is saying that, you know, these players have a right to protest and, you know, let them do what they do. You've got another one saying, you know, oh, don't disrespect our flag, don't disrespect our country, you know, I'm done with the NFL while these players do this. So um, it, it's kind of the first time I've really seen something that Trump said be more uh, evenly spread in terms of, uh, I guess, people's opinions on what this has ultimately led to. Yeah, that's it's strange because I haven't really heard the other the other side that much i've only seen like trump rallies and things i'm interested to hear why people are um switching off and people are against them exercising their right to freedom of of speech um to me it seems like they're protesting worthy cause uh, police brutality um against african-americans um yeah that is actually a, a serious problem in the United States. Uh, I, I think that it is a strange thing. I think that you need the context of being an actual American to probably understand it. From what, I, yeah, from what, from what I'm seeing... 
the same kind of patriotism in well, Australia. Well, that's, that's well, it, least- yeah. And that's kind of where it's coming from is it's, I mean, Americans are extremely passionate about their country. Um, and, I mean, if you go to any game in America and you hear their national anthem, you know, everybody's up on their feet, everybody's, you know, proud as punch. Yeah. And that, that's where it's coming from. I mean, it's, it's a lot of the people are basically... Uh, upset that these players are sort of taking an opportunity to what they see as disrespecting the flag, disrespecting the anthem. Because unlike in Australia, where we really only get anthems, you know, at our finals, uh, it's kind of that's done at every game, even college games, it's done. So yeah. this, and you know, a lot of people tie that in, obviously, with their close association with the military. Obviously, uh, you know, you have a lot of people who have served or are serving in the military, you know, saying, yeah. "Look, this is disrespecting the country that I fought to protect." And look, I mean, it's 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 an interesting argument for these people because it's kind of like, for sure, I, I completely see the protests and where it's coming from. But I also, and this isn't me saying I necessarily agree with what the people are saying, but I, I can see people saying, well, it's a bit of a disrespect to the national anthem and the, the country. So this is where I think it's a, it's very interesting how it is dividing people a lot more in terms of something basically that's come off the back of Trump fueling the flames. Because this isn't a new situation. I mean, this is obviously, this protest has been going on for, you know, at least uh, a year or two. But um, it's it's kind of only just really ignited big time since Trump's... Uh, and it was a tweet too, wasn't it? It wasn't like he said it in an interview. It was a tweet. Of course it was. Yeah, yeah. That's it. that's how it communicates. Uh, yeah, we should get used to that. But, yeah, it is, it is a strange thing. I, I think that, we yeah, we don't have the the kind of um, patriotism in Australia. Some people do, but uh, America, surely one of the reasons why they are so patriotic is the fact that they have freedom of speech and they should be. Like That's part of the reason why the United States is special and why people, you know, have this kind of overwhelming attachment to citizens. So you think that they'd want to protect that, but... It seems like they're kind of coming into conflict, those two ideas. Yeah. And it's 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 just it's so fascinating and it's kind of um you know, it's it's just really interesting to see how much this is a thing and, and it's it's like it's one of these moments where you see like a lot of the pe- the things that people post and kind of their comments you say and I'm seeing a lot again on both sides where it's kind of, you know, and I'm a neutral observer of this. I'm Australian, you're Australian, we're neutral observers. But it's kind of interesting to see that at least from my perspective, I'll see something that somebody will say like, you know, oh, you have a right to protest. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. Then you'll see somebody saying about, you know, the whole idea that you're disrespecting the, the anthem and the flag. And, and and they're not necessarily saying to these people, you're not allowed to protest or you don't have a right to protest or what you're protesting against is wrong. They're just simply saying, you, you know, their implication is like, you should find another avenue to do it. Um, and yeah. there was a, there was a viral video actually, which I just saw before we started recording this, that a an avid Denver Broncos fan uh, basically got all his merchandise, all his everything, and burnt it, and was like, "I am done," you know, "I am," you know, this, that, and everything else. And I, I think one thing that's kind of interesting with it, and it's kind of ties in a little bit to the the Tony Abbott stuff here in Australia, and and even sort of recently some of the things that say the AFL have gotten involved in with the whole uh, yes no campaign. Obviously, AFL was more so on the uh, version of the Yes campaign, but it's it's this idea that some people are getting a bit frustrated with sporting bodies and sports in general uh, getting involved in politics and that, you know, sport is an escape from this. You, you, you watch sport or you get behind a sporting team to get away from this kind of, 
you know, real life world of politics and things like that. So it's kind of interesting how a lot of all this sort of stuff is all tying with each other, obviously in the NFL in America and, you know, AFL here getting behind the Yes campaign, the NRL now with Macklemore performing a, a song uh, at the NRL Grand Final. I mean, I don't know. Where do you sit on this, Paul, in terms of like sporting bodies and organisations uh, kind of getting involved in, in politics? Do you think this is a good thing, a bad thing? Do they have a right to? Should they stick their nose out of it? Well, I think they already are inherently involved in politics with their support of business and advertising and everything like that. That's that that's a political stance there. So to, to include kind of social politics in there as well is not. I don't think it's a big step um, when they've already you know they're already so full of economic politics within there. Um, and I mean these are run by people. They're human beings. They have opinions. They have whatever. So I. I, I I think it's fair enough for them to have to take a stand, um, especially when they've got a platform for such change anyway. And I think that, I mean, the whole point of a free country is that people can make the decisions for themselves. Well, I, if you disagree with what the AFL stance is, you can, you know, go against it, protest it, do whatever you want. Um, don't, switch off, don't watch it. Mm. Um, go to your local VFL or your local... TSL or whatever, and watch that instead. Um, but I mean, that's still these are human beings running the organisation who have an opinion, um, and I mean, it's it's their their choice. They run. They're, they're the CEO. They run it. They can do what they like. I mean, obviously, people can criticise it, and that's fair enough. But they still have a right to be able to take a side or take a stance. Which is, you know, it's kind of interesting in that, like, I agree with everything that you say. It's it's kind of, you know, on that on that notion, it's kind of like, you look at, say, the AFL and, um, uh, was it Gillian McLaughlin's come out, you know, and obviously put out the yes sign and, and you know, said he agrees with it and this is our, this is our company stance, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, I mean, I don't know if this is a weird segue and a weird comparison into this poll, but you look at, like, Malcolm Turnbull, who, you know, He's out. He's an advocate for gay marriage. He said yes, you know, Lucy and I are voting yes, and he was on the project this week, spruiking it and all this sort of stuff. This is a guy who can, again, prevent this whole vote from happening. He could have just stood up in Parliament and actually done the, the thing that everybody wants him to do as a Prime Minister and make this sort of a, a matter that's voted for in the lower house rather than wasting all this money on the uh, on the plebiscite. So, I don't know. It, just, it always seems a bit strange to me that Malcolm Turnbull's out there campaigning for the yes vote when it's like, dude, you could have done a little bit more than, than you probably can um, right now than uh, having us waste all this money on something that I should hopefully think is a fairly obvious answer what most of us will will say at the end of the day yeah um it, it does seem strange because it seems like in some ways he's trying to have his cake and eat it too yeah um maybe tr- not trying to step on too many toes within the liberal party um by for- you know making this um legislation pass but it seems like if you're going out and spruiking it anyway then that's going to upset a few people Anyway, because it's going to make them look like idiots. It's going to make you look like, oh, I'm the guy. Oh, yeah, look, I, if it were up to me, I'd be um, fine to pass it. But it's all the other liberal um, people that don't want to do it. So it seems like you're kind of throwing them under the bus anyway, if you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, what was the, the last point you made? I can't. Uh, uh, that he could have just done it in Parliament anyway. Is that I? I, I made a lot. I do that oh, a lot, yeah. Paul. Uh, I just make a lot of things in one tiny little statement. So <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I think yeah, I covered 
that I think, um, yeah, it, it does seem like a, a really strange thing. If you have, there must be something else going on there because if you if you do have the power to kind of push it through, then I think it's it all comes down to the fact that he's trying to hang on to his leadership. And I mean, I think if he maybe had a bit more of a majority uh, in parliament, if he had a bit more of a majority, you know, and he didn't kind of have this constant threat of, um, you know, people backstabbing him and losing his leadership. Uh, And look, I I think from my perspective, I think a lot of people in Australia would probably respect him more if he was willing to put his leadership on the line to get this over the line. And kind of the argument that he'll keep saying that, oh, we made an election promise that we would have this plebiscite. It's like, no disrespect to politicians and and what they have to do because I understand it's a lot more difficult than people usually give it credit for. But you don't necessarily always keep your promises. So it's kind of like, don't kind of shove this down our throat. Like, oh, we we made a promise. We're going to have a plebiscite. Like, dude, this is literally one promise we will let you break. (laughs) Just like put this on the floor. Have, you know, this vote again. You know, $122 million. I mean, how much extra can you spend on, on other things that don't involve, again, something that we assume is going to have a pretty obvious answer at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I'm not that certain that it's going to have an obvious... I feel like the way that it's run is not going to be a true reflection of how people think. I think I've already seen you know, some people who would definitely vote yes, you know, they just don't get around to voting or they, for whatever reason, it, like we saw pe- people dumping like postal workers dumping out mm. heaps and heaps of votes um, into the trash. So to me it doesn't seem at all like it's, uh, you know, done to a standard that's um, professional at all. It seems very amateurish and lots of votes are going to be lost and lots of people aren't going to vote. Um, so it's to me it, it, it can't be a true reflection of how people think. And, I, and it's... Maybe it's just the campaigns that are coming out, but it seems like it's, I don't know, people have thought about this a little bit more. They haven't thought about it and they've just bought into a lot of the propaganda from the No campaign or whatever that all of it really doesn't make any sense. It's not, it has nothing to do with marriage equality at all. Mm. Um, but it's, it seems to have worked. It's a lot of people I know who would, you know, generally be, quite uh, left-wing or, or liberal thinkers um, have had their doubts, and it's really sad, I think. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of... It has created a, a, a public division, hasn't it, amongst many people? Yeah. I mean, I, I, for one... You know, obviously, the majority of people that I know are kind of posting on social media, oh, this is my yes vote. I mean, I was one of them. I posted that I voted for yes. But um, I, I had one of my friends on my Facebook the other day posted their picture that they voted no. And I at first thought they were joking, uh, but they weren't. And look, I respect their their right as a democracy. They're allowed to have their viewpoint if they uh, that's what they believe in. Fair enough. I you know I know that person, and I don't think any differently of them. It's it's their viewpoint. Um, but the, the comments and the the feedback that this person got, it was it was crazy. You know, I mean, it's kind of like it's it's just it's this open criticism that people are having it and kind of just this d- division and like you think of all the media stuff that we're getting around i mean look at the whole abbott headbutt situation that straight away that was thrown on oh it was a yes campaign when it turned out that guy had nothing to do with the yes campaign he just hated yeah. tony abbott so um you know it's, it's just it's creating maybe an unnecessary public division that um that we didn't necessarily need if this had just gone through parliament like we all wished it had yeah i i 
Look, I, I think it's it's fair to say, yep, you have your right to vote no and whatever, but it is, I hate when people say, look, I'm voting no and you have to respect that um, and don't get upset about it or whatever. It's kind of, it's, to me, it's kind of saying, look, I'm, I'm voting no and you should respect the fact that I don't think you sh- you have any rights or that you should have equal rights. To me, that that is inherently a kind of a statement that is a, an insult to, to say I'm voting no, that's an insult to everyone who is, um, you know, same-sex attracted or LGBTIQ. Mm. So I, I think that it's fair enough for people to get upset that you're voting no. Um, I think there's a fine line, though. Like, yeah, I, I get that. But, like, I mean, you, you don't, don't turn to abuse. Uh, you know, it's... Yeah, no violence. Let's not, yeah. let's not be violent about it. Or let's not, like, pers- personally attack people... Um, Outside of that, I mean, you could say, look, I think that that's very disrespectful um, to to anyone, really, to any human being, um, and I don't agree with it. But, yeah, go the, the step to, like, physical violence, if that guy, which I actually, I, I, I know that guy. <laughs> of course, everyone, I, I, just on the side note, I just loved how everybody, because it's Hobart, everyone knows him some way. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's such um, a Tasmanian thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But obviously, yeah, he wasn't attached to the campaign. I'm, I'm guessing he is voting yes anyway. But yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, Tony Abbott had um, lots and lots of uh, enemies before he took such a staunch uh, view on um, this this kind of uh, issue anyway. So I, yeah. I, I can't see that how Tony Abbott thinks that. Oh, yeah. This equals this. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. No, I think uh, when that happened, I think pretty much everybody was like, "Was it you?" Oh, I wish it was me. Um, <laughs> I actually remember many years ago in um, I was in Franklin Square, and he he would have been. I think it would have been when he what was he health minister, wasn't he under Howard? Um, and I actually remember walking past Tony Abbott in the city like when I was about seventeen or eighteen. So uh, just random little thing I remember, you know, from you know, and I didn't want to headbutt him. I don't think he was such an asshole back then. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's just oh the things that happen. It, it, it is funny. Like as soon as you see who it is, you're like, oh, I know him. I've seen him around and things like that. It's it's, yeah. never, it's never just like, oh, who was that? Oh, I don't know who that was. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Such a Tasmanian thing. Now, Paul, uh, before I let you go, uh, obviously at the time people are listening to this, the, the big game's already over. We know who's the Premier's for 2017, but uh, we're recording this on a Friday. I've got two questions for you. Uh, what are you doing for Grand Final Day and who do you think's going to win on Grand Final Day? Um, I'm going to be at band practice. <laughs> obviously very much uh, looking forward to the big game then. <laughs> oh, we just didn't have any other time to do it and two of the other guys aren't interested in AFL at all. Right. So. Look, I'm I'm willing to sacrifice if we don't. We've got a gig coming up, and we don't have any other chance to practice, and we kind of have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I. What was the other question? Uh, who who do you think's going to win? Or I mean, who do you think's going to win? Who are you going for? I guess. Mm, I don't know. I feel like Adelaide have been the best team all year, so they probably deserve it. Um, There's a strange thing with Richmond. I kind of I like Dustin Martin, and I think that it'd be. I mean. They seem to be the underdogs, so it'd be good. To, but then I just get this weird, this strange satisfaction out of seeing Richmond disappoint <laughs> their fans. It's all like the dogs where you kind of everybody wanted to win. I feel there is a large portion yeah. of uh, people out there, neutrals, who are like, yeah, it'd be nice to see Richmond win, but we kind of like seeing them suffer a little bit. 
Yeah, it's kind of it's just this comedy that it's kind of like they fall flat on their face. Just when you think they've turned the corner, they fall flat on. Their face. <laughs> That's St Kilda to me. I'm like that with St Kilda supporters. Like I actually have I I know a lot of Richmond supporters, and I, I'm very much on the Richmond bandwagon. But um, to me, that's St Kilda supporters. I, I kind of sorry, St Kilda supporters, if you're listening, I like seeing you suffer. <laughs> yeah, I'd like it to be a close game though. I think yeah. it'd be good. Um, I yeah, it's it's hard because I, I really like a lot of players on. Well, I, I like Dustin Martin. I like Tex Walker and Eddie Betts on the other side. Rory Sloan's good as well. Um, so, yeah, oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'd, I think I'd like to see Adelaide win just because they've been the best team all year. So. I, I'm on the complete notion that as much as I want Richmond to win, I would be completely satisfied with Adelaide winning because I, I, I don't mind the Crows. I remember being a 10- and 11-year-old, seeing their back-to-back premierships, and uh, I remember one of the ones we had at our house, we had like a lot of people over, and I bought went out and bought crepe paper of you know blue, red, and yellow and had little streamers going on for the Crows when I was like a little 10-year-old. So, um, yeah, I don't mind the Crows. And plus, you know, yeah. should they win, uh, they, we, they can thank Carlton for allowing them to steal Eddie Betts from us. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> Kept it up a notch as well after leaving. I mean, he was always good, but it seems like he's really coming. Maybe it's because he's playing with a really good team now. I think we we have a habit of doing that, Carlton. Generally, we have players that are good, and then they go on and become better. Uh, You know, Zach Tui, Eddie Betts, Jared Waite, uh, all these players that, uh, you know, Garlett does all right for Melbourne. Uh, So um, I think kind of the only ones that I know that have left that really have gone worse is Satandro Halplin and poor old Chris Yaron. So... um, yeah, we yeah. Uh, if, if 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 the bombers want any of our players, by all means take them because they'll probably be brilliant for you guys. And whilst you know, yeah, I wouldn't mind Crips. We've lost Watson, so we need a bit of an inside yeah, you're, player. You're now. not having Crips. Uh, we, we'll keep him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, and, and do you give a shit about the NRL Grand Final, Cowboys or Storm, or not really? <laughs> no, didn't even know he was playing. Yeah, well there you go. All I know is the Macklemore thing. That was how I knew it was happening. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Paul, always a pleasure, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Yep. Now, you would have heard us every now and then, of course, on this show, tease some of our other programs out there. And, of course, the Oz Network is probably our main, <clears throat> excuse me, sister show uh, that we have out there to uh, to bring you. And uh, we, we've we got a, our anniversary month concluding this, this week, of course. Anniversary month has been... We've gone over four different films celebrating a variety of different anniversaries, uh, of course, the month. And uh, Face Off is our final film that we've done. That is coming out this Friday, 20 years old, fantastic film. And it's got Nicolas Cage and it's got John Travolta in it. And, uh, of course, any movie recap with Nicolas Cage usually involves Nicolas Cage impersonations and quotes. And uh, they can get a little bit silly. You can't forget the one other line in the movie where they're saying what the audience should be saying. is like, will someone please tell me what planet I'm on? <laughs> and see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Face off. Off. <laughs> planet, um, you're on. <laughs> The bees! The bees! <laughs> not the bees! Not the bees! <laughs> There's another part of the Wicker Man. It's like an underrated moment, but Nicholas Cage is... I don't know if his, his face is stung or something. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> I wanted to see that when his face was actually off when you just had, like, the the under part of his face. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! What they do to my face? <laughs> <laughs> we just we need to like restart this episode and just do it all in cagesms. <laughs> <laughs>
My friend! My friend! My friend! Another one, of course. You can't forget it's the wrong movie, but uh, put the bunny back in the box. I told you to put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> My stomach hurts. Oh my god, oh my god, put the bunny back in the box! A, B, C, D. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> I'm Castor Troy! I'm Castor Troy! Woo! <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, just because we've had so much fun, let's stop before we get the boat and the, the fight here. So, how about it? The boat, not the boat. The boat. Oh. Oh, where do we even start? Uh, you know. uh, the, the funeral. Why wouldn't we be laughing at the funeral now? That was probably one of the hardest I've ever laughed during any recording. My stomach legitimately was sore for that uh, moment. But uh, there's a lot more to that episode, too. Uh, I was going to include a bit of a reference to some dong jokes. Uh, but uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll leave that for you to listen to. Uh, it comes out this Friday. And uh, you can search for that via the Oz Network. And we hope you enjoy it. Well... We had this guy on last week a couple of times. We got some emotions pre-preliminary final, post-preliminary final. Didn't really get him in the lead up to the grand final because we've managed to get him post-grand final. Joshua Shoebridge, I can never believe I'm ever going to utter these words in my entire life, but I'm going to say it, Richmond are premiers. Oh, I know, mate. I know it's the best feeling to see something for the first time in my life and being an adult and being able to actually comprehend the history behind it. It's fa- and he, as you can hear, my, my one-year-old son, Gabriel, is all over it. He's loving it. So excited are you for this win that you've stolen a child, basically. Uh. Yes, I have stolen I have stolen a child that has my DNA. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, Tasmanian, that just generally happens. But, um, look, congratulations for yourself, Josh. Uh, it feels weird congratulating fans, but, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you can congratulate fans because you stick with the club through thick and thin, and this is what a lot of non-supporters out there never understand about sport. It's it's the passion, it's the the... the the long hours and the countless disappointments that you do face from supporting a club passionately, but it's it's these moments right now that make supporting a club uh, well worth it. Well, it's not only that. When you think of the Tigers in the past, uh, in, ever since I was a kid, they've been known as the, you know the ninth placing fumbling team but they've got one of the highest fan rates. They're, yeah. the, the people behind yeah. them are always, always, always behind them. Including including Gabriel's really getting behind him right now. <laughs> <laughs> he is stoked. He, I cannot believe how stoked he is. He's just, yeah, that's right. Like he, he literally he sat on my lap for the first half. And for the second half, he had he bought, because I was watching it on my computer in my, in my studio. Hmm. And he brought his little uh, deck chair up and sat next to my chair, and he was watching it with me, clapping when they scored goals and doing all that. And I, I, as a dad, I couldn't be proud. And uh, being a Richmond supporter again, but is oh hold on, is also a family affair 
uh, for my te- for, for me because my mum got me into the into the into the Tigers and her father uh, got her into the Tigers mainly for the battalion that he was part of. Uh, their mascot was a tiger, and it still right. is. And uh, it's fantastic just seeing that something as personal as the uh, the following of a of a club uh, can can make life so much more sweeter when when the family's involved. Well, that's it, and that's the thing that again, a lot of people out there, you know, I mean, one of my biggest things I love finding out from people is why they go for the club they go for, particularly us as Tasmanians. Uh, yourself, obviously, you're originally from New South Wales as well. So kind of, um, I mean, for yourself, obviously, in a non-AFL state, myself, like, I live in a state where we don't have a team. So it's always fascinating to kind of find from these people why you go for the team that you go for. And uh, I think for a lot of people like us, like as you yeah. were saying, it's it's a family thing. You grow up because of what your family kind of is used to. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, exactly, Gabriel. That's exactly right. So uh, it's I mean, he's going nuts. He's he's really just, oh, he's he's a cute kid. Mm. And, uh, he he is a daddy's boy too. And I as oh far out, he's crawling all over me now. He's he's excited. Don't touch that. <laughs> don't touch. Yes, don't this touch is what that. happens. This is what happens when you're trying to record and and you're the only parent in the house and you've got an infant and a toddler. But uh, as I was saying, the the the, this is back in 1967. This is but like my mum, I think, almost the same year as my mum's birth year. Six, I can't. I can't remember when mum was born. Mum's old. Um, <laughs> love you, mum. <laughs> so, um, the, so this this is um, the, the, my mum posted this on Facebook not long ago, and it's the a picture of uh, Quintus, who, who was who is the. Uh, Oh, what his name's Quintus Rummer, mm-hmm. and he was the mascot for the fifth battalion of the Royal Australian Regiment, which was an artillery regiment from right. From what I understand. And so he he also spent four years in Tasmania. Believe it or wow. not. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So to, yeah. So which is uh, which is really cool. He was born in captivity in New South Wales in two thousand two. Uh, this is a uh, the 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 one who's who's taken his place, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Rama and his sister were found a new home in Crocodile Park. And now he was after after the death of the mascot CPL, which is, I, I think is a rank. I can't put my hands on what it is. Uh, his name was Quintus Septimus Sabre in two thousand and ten. Uh, the fifth battalion of the Royal were uh, given uh, Quintus Rama as the mascot. Oh, so and and he's still there. He's still there. There, there, there. So there's like this like little father and son sort of thing going on, and like, big reason why my mum followed um, this this particular tiger is because that's when my grandfather, who was a regimental sergeant major in the fifth battalion, uh, was there when the original tiger was given to the battalion. Oh wow! There you go. Look at you with your history and all oh, that around yeah. you. Go behind your team. I see. I only found out. Probably in the last two years, why our family goes for Carlton, and basically because my dad, huge fan, obviously my grandma, my dad's mum, just absolutely rabid, like she's bigger supporter than both of us combined. Um, but basically, I found out that it was her father or uncle moved to Melbourne, uh, I think from Sweden, and they basically moved into a house directly opposite Princess Park, which is where Carlton are based. 
and yeah. essentially lived directly opposite the uh, the Oval because obviously back you know in those days they played their games uh, at their traditional ovals like Richmond with Punt Road, Carlton at Princess Park. So because they lived basically directly opposite the Oval, it was well this is who we're going to go for, and it's kind of obviously stuck with us ever since. So that's that's how I found out that a couple of years ago, and I'd never learnt that until only only then. <laughs> Sorry about that. He's a uh, wow. <laughs> He, he's, he's at the other end of the house now, too. So. I was going to say, your other son's gone, uh, he's an Adelaide supporter, he's just crying in the background. No, no, Alex is like, he doesn't give a crap about football. <laughs> he's, he's, he, he, I'll tell you what, though, he's making me proud. He's in the lounge room watching Star Wars. So, <laughs> Well, as long as he's not like, you know, out the back, I don't know, watching, uh, I don't know, cricket or something. I mean, nothing wrong with cricket, but that was the first thing that went to my head. <laughs> well, that's it. But... Well, what I'd like to just take a real sec, Ben, is uh, I'm going to read out what I what I posted on Facebook. Just Please after. do. It was it was emotional. I liked it, Josh. And I've got a little stat for you as well, which after you read this, because I think you'll be intrigued to see what I'm going to read out here. Here we go. For the first time in my life, the team that my mum introduced me to, the colours that I've followed since I was in primary school, the boys in yellow and black, have taken it to the Crows and have won the 2017 Premiership Cup. A fantastic game of football to watch and a great turnaround from last year's season. This year, AFL has been a major part of my family's life. Two of my children, my wife and many in-laws have played for our local club, the Tarthra Sea Eagles. This past season, my wife... uh, uh, even playing in the grand final squad, uh, I had the pleasure of emceeing their quiz night and getting to know the great people at the club. Such a welcoming atmosphere. You guys are great, and I thank you for what joy you have brought to my family. I look forward to playing next year with my friends and family. A sight to see Matthew Richardson presenting the cup to the lads. He was it when I was a kid, and seeing her present the Norm Smith medal to Dustin Martin, truly I just, I'm just deviating a minute. Played <laughs> fantastically today. Fantastically today. Um, seriously, it's been the best day in this AFL season. Uh, it is the cutest thing seeing the Littleys presenting the medals to the boys. This chokes me up as a father. It's been 37 Aww. years. Let's not see the gap again. Yellow and black, go Tigers! I actually, that that's very well written, Josh. Very, very well written. Um, I love the Little E's this year presenting it because generally you don't hear them say anything, but you had a couple of them there, like the one to Jack Rewatt was like, you're a legend, you played well. And then like the other one said something to Alex Rance. I can't remember what he said. But, no, no, um, he was like, you're a champion um, and thank you. And it was it was fantastic. Like, I was just watching and going, this is the, that's what you want to see. And yeah. I, in my opinion, I, I, I've had kids play in the NRL. I've played, I've played, rugby league when I was a kid and okay it, the, there, there are no bad people in that, in that code but what I've come to see in the AFL it is so much more of a welcoming family atmosphere mm. like it's like you don't have to be able to lift heavy things to play True. You can just get in and have fun and everyone gets involved the kids get involved the adults get involved like, there's a the, the club up here there's a bloke his name's Rainbow don't know why they call him that, but he's a lovely bloke. And he just gets involved, and he, he's talking about how and getting the kids involved. He got Naomi, uh, my sister-in-law, uh, Simone, and her husband Ben. He got them involved in going down to Geelong uh, this week to play uh, AFL Masters, which is for as like uh, over thirty, over thirty-five, whatever the age is. Yeah. And they're, they're literally going to be playing every second day. 
uh, AFL for, I think it's for ACT they're playing for, if not New South Wales. I can't remember which state they're representing, but they got him involved in it, and it's fantastic seeing that. And Interesting that they chose to uh, play that competition on AFL Grand Final weekend, but uh, I guess well, there's no, a lot of not, footy they're fans not, there. They're not playing today. Today's not a play day. Today was a you go and watch bloody football day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think they had like their own like room with a big screen. I I don't know, a hundred percent. Like as I'm not there, I'm here with at home with the kids. Uh, but they're they're not playing tomorrow, but they are playing Monday. Uh, right. So, so they, I think the weekend's just like a bit of a warm up day, like get settled in and that sort of thing. And then makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think they 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 play through to Saturday next week, and then it'll it'll see how they go. Like. Unfortunately, my wife's actually quite sick. <laughs> she oh. apparently got the flu. When, like she, she wasn't feeling that crash out yesterday when they left, and then I get a message last night that, um, yep, I'm not, I'm not well, and Gabe's deciding to just blow raspberries on my lap. I was going to say, is he, I hope he's doing that, not just like letting rip on your leg or something there. You might have to uh, change his old nappy there. But, Josh, I've got an interesting stat here for you. I mean, you, you've been on this earth the same amount of years as I've been, 30 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, in total, and uh, you know, varying fortunes for our different sides over the years. I mean, the year I was born, Carlton won the grand final. The year uh, when you were born as well, Richmond finished last on the ladder. Uh, but <laughs> they basically is that, is that the stat you're gloating about? <laughs> no, no. The stat I want to say is that in 30 years of you being alive, Richmond have only made the finals five times. And you've actually got to go back. So if you, like they started their little bit of a run uh, around uh, 2013, uh, of course uh, we famously knocked you out in uh, 2013. Just have to gloat about that. But uh, you know, three years in a row, missed it last year, and then came back this year. But if you take away the last uh, sort of few years, uh, you would have only made the finals twice uh, in 30 years, basically. If you hadn't have been so successful in the la- you know four of the last five seasons, so that I mean, th- this is where I think as a neutral supporter today, and why you know I was really definitely going for Richmond. It's because I, I think I-, I I'm always a person who likes to likes teams based on their fans, whether I dislike or like a team. It's generally because of their supporters. And I mean, I just it's it's almost a sport watching Richmond supporters suffer. But it comes to a little point where you're like, oh look. They've suffered enough. Let them, let them win something, you know. As <laughs> um, I think I mentioned this to you or somebody else. To me, it's St Kilda supporters, which is more fun now to watch suffer because they always make it to the grand final and lose. Um, whereas Richmond <laughs> finally make the grand final after thirty five years and they and they win the damn thing. So um, well, well, it's yeah, not only happy that win the damn thing. They brought some serious game Belted today. Them. Belted the crows. It was in. It was not expected. It was no. the 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 crows should have won. On everything leading up to today, they 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 won. I don't know. Did they? They didn't have a defeat up until grand final, did they? I think. They, uh, they oh yeah, I mean they they'd lost. I mean they lost the last game of the season, but I mean the finals. Obviously they'd won both. They were, top of the ladder. They were the best side all year. Um, yeah. By by. Well, there was well, no doubt. By far, it was a very interesting year, I should say. But well, um, what what I think the Tigers did well was they they researched and researched and researched their t- their opposing side they looked at how how do adelaide win and the adelaide are, are very notorious for opening up gaps down the center that's what they would that they're really good at doing richmond didn't give them that chance they didn't let them have any corridor left right or center which well, richmond is... tackled thoroughly well today like that that definitely won them the game their, their tackling pressure. And, I mean, there was a, well, like a five-minute period there in the last quarter where Adelaide kind of found some momentum. But, I mean, just Richmond shut them down. And, uh, 
yeah. you know, it's it's interesting kind of uh, just how well they did it because, you know, I mean, I'm watching that preliminary final last week. GWS were all over Richmond for one half of the game and it was kind of like, well, oh, Richmond even going to make the grand final at this rate. But um, they overcame it. It was a really tight game. That's what it was. But the thing that Richmond had up on GWS was the the fact that GWS are used to playing clean football. Mm. Richmond know how to play finals. Like they, even though they haven't been in that many, they know how. It's just you get in and you get the job done. You don't go for finesse. You go for getting the ball into the goal. Yeah, that's a very, very good analysis, Josh. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a real sucker for stats. Clearly, going through those ones there, and I'm, I'm just trying to quickly scroll through here. When the last time we actually would have had a minor premier win the grand? Because the thing is, we've had a, a little bit of a trend recently in AFL is that the minor premiers don't actually go on to win the grand final. And from what I can gather quickly here, Hawthorne, I didn't think they finished first in any of the years they won the grand but final. Who gives a crap about Hawthorne? Yeah, I don't. But uh, they, they, they were minor premiers. <laughs> they are my least favourite team. Completely the same there, but they were minor premiers in 2013. But um, it's also interesting because um, it always seems to be the trend now that the interstate team... Uh, is the one who loses. Uh, Sydney's the only one who's won the you know interstate premiership basically in the last decade. Uh, hmm. Even though it's been a while since we've had an all Victorian grand final, 2011, you'd have to go back to the last all Victorian grand final. But um, yeah, it's it's certainly like it's somebody also tweeted out that it's really been like the decade of the drought break in the AFL. You know, Richmond now are the latest team to break a significant drought. The Dogs obviously did it last year. Um, you know, Geelong did it a decade ago. Collingwood did it in 2010. Sydney did it in 2005. Uh, Brisbane did it in 2001. So, I mean, it's really kind of Melbourne and St Kilda supporters right now are begging it's them. Uh, you know, Melbourne have the longest drought. I think theirs is about 60 odd years. St Kilda's obviously is about 50 odd years. And, uh, now with you guys winning it, thanks a lot, uh, Richmond, because if, uh, if Melbourne win it next year, St Kilda win it in, uh, 2019, Carlton will officially have the longest drought. Uh, since 1995. So we now have the third longest active premiership drought now that you've won the damn premiership. You did have the third longest. Now we do. So uh... Yeah, well, you can go suck <laughs> a big fat one, mate. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. It, it, what was awesome, and I have to say, it was I got it last week, actually. got a little bit choked up last week. And it was not the fact that, yeah, it was Richmond having a chance at the preliminary fight. That's not preliminary fight. They were in the preliminary well, final. Well, they won the, the preliminary the, final. The, the fact they were in the preliminary final and having Matty Richardson commentating the mm. game. Again, that was awesome. And then you could you could hear his emotion as the game edged on. Like he, he, he was getting nervous in it. And then today, just watching him present it. Oh, present did you cup. see him crying? Did you see him on the sidelines with some tears? It's like, oh, someone give Richo a hug. No, no, it was. And one of the things that I really enjoyed seeing too was like last year where the coach was, he was really under the pressure. He was under the pressure to the point where he was going to lose his job. Like they finished. Oh, yeah. Was it, where, where they 13th finished, last they, year. Yeah. It's the and, biggest It's the biggest ever leap a team has ever made to win the premiership. The yeah. lowest they've come from the previous season. It's a record. And uh, the, like when the board, they had their options. They could either, you know, sack him. Or give him support, and the fact that the entire—it wasn't just the board; it was the entire club—gave him support and got him up. That's what made it happen, in my opinion. That's and every every single player on the ground today didn't have any. No one had any grand final experience at no, all. No, it was it was the first time since the very first VFL AFL 
uh, premiership that, uh, uh, you know, what, 1897, 1898, that uh, uh, no team had a player that had previously played in a grand final, another record. That's it. And so, like, the record-setting game, fantastic game of football to actually watch. Even if it wasn't a grand final, it was a really good game of football to watch, especially in the first half. The first half was my favourite half to watch. It was all over the show. You couldn't see... Like, you had a bit of an, an idea of where it was going to go, but seeing it was, a, a, like, 100 108 to 60 or 107 yeah. to 60? Yeah. Fetching days. Like, you, you did not see that coming at the end of the first half. Well, no, exactly. I mean, the thing, too, that, um, I mean, kind of going back to your point on, like, family and things like that, and this is, you know, like, I, I respect people's decision not to like sport. I mean, fair enough. They're dickheads. But, sure, you can do it if you want to. <laughs> but, like, you've got to, you've got, like, this is what was, I, I remember last year having attended both grand finals and, you know, obviously being a Shark supporter, getting able to experience that in person, but also seeing all the Bulldog supporters last year. And I can imagine it'll be exactly the same right now uh, with Richmond supporters across the country, yourself, people at the game. But, like... If you don't support any sport, you don't get it. You're one of these people, how oh, I hate sport. Just, like, just talk to a supporter from one of these clubs. Particularly, like, you know, find a Richmond supporter and, and just see what it means to them, like, around it. Because it is, like, as you said, it's a family thing. I mean, it's a, it's a get-together. People, families come together and enjoy it. And, I mean, you look at today. Like, I, I went down at halftime because uh, we ran out of sauce. That was a crisis at the Waterworth residence. Um, oh, it so, is a crisis. How dare you run out of sauce? Sauce is, like, sauce is, like, as passionate to me as Carlton are. Like, I've got to have sauce in my life but um and like you know the streets are dead the, you know Woolies is dead but like you just see people walking the streets they've all got their footy jumpers on there's a little park down the road from my house near the river and there's a whole bunch of people just having kick to kick and like what AFL Grand Final Day means to just people coming together and having you know a good time and I, I know the NRL Grand Final has a similar thing, but the AFL Grand Final is a much bigger overall, you know, around the country because generally NRL's pretty much concentrated really in New South Wales and Queensland with pockets in Victoria with the Storm playing. But, you know... Oh, it's, yeah, it is. And, and that's the thing, though. Like, you see, I think AFL's more inclusive. I oh, really do. And, yeah. and, like, I, I used to... I had a, a, a time in my life where I'm like, you know, NRL's a real game. It's it's the man's game. And I'm starting to turn around on that because I'm like, not really, because it's just this... It's, it's, it's closed that, off. But the thing that I find too, like, and I guess kind of having experienced both games in person, like, been to Melbourne, you know, countless times. It's, I call it my second home. I go there every year for the Grand Prix. You know, the city kind of has a vibe semi about it with the Grand Prix. But I'd never been to Melbourne before... Uh, and really felt this this vibe that I felt last year when I was there for the grand final last year. Just the entire city was just in grand final mode. Like it, it didn't doesn't even get that way during the Grand Prix. And just like through the parade and just you know the day and just everything. Like you just it just felt special. Whereas going to Sydney for the NRL grand final, like okay, I was only there for you know twelve hours pre game and we we didn't really go into the city itself. But like we went out to Cronulla and you know obviously there was lots of flags up there and things like that. But it still just didn't feel the same and like the atmosphere pre-NRL grand final was decent but it just wasn't the same at the AFL grand final I went to a Socceroos game earlier this year in Sydney there was more atmosphere outside the stadium for a Socceroos World Cup qualifier than there was for an NRL grand final so I mean it's I I, you know I'm a 
proud Shark supporter. I'm not as passionate as I am, obviously, for AFL. I'll definitely get behind the Sharks no matter what. And Premiers still are uh, until, you know, by the time we release this, they won't be because the game would have been over. But, um, yeah, well, it's, it's, I mean, I just think this is the thing when people talk about, like, national sports of Australia. Like, I know our national sports cricket, that's the most inclusive one, fair enough. But I think in terms of spectators and everything along those lines, AFL, I mean, it's, it's our game. This is the thing with AFL. It's, it's uniquely Australian. It's our game. Yeah, well, that's it. I think it's comes like, it's very beginning as a winter training game for cricket players. Yeah. To one of the m- most recognised Australian traditions. Exactly. It's, it, you've got to, you've got to give it that. And the fact that the w- one thing I see, and you can see it mer- like emerge in the culture of both capital cities. So like rugby league is literally a hard hitting. It's, it's back and forward, very simple game. And to to a city that if you look at Sydney, like Sydney is not the prettiest city on the planet at oh, all. Well, like, it's I like a pretty it. city, but the yeah, I know. I think I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah the atmosphere is, the, in my opinion, the atmosphere of Sydney is dirty. Ah, uh, yeah, see, yeah. Looks, yeah. Okay. I, I, Melbourne to me is a much better city, but uh, oh, hello to all our Sydney listeners. <laughs> and that's what I'm getting at. Like, if Sydney, sorry, sorry, Melbourne, it's the culture capital of the world. Oh yeah. Like, and Sporting it's where everyone flipping lit. Like the young, like there's like you can live anywhere in, in Melbourne and it's a nice place, except sunshine. <laughs> and, <laughs> <From> Frankston. <laughs> that's, that's it. But you can reel off half a dozen suburbs of Sydney and everyone's cool. The thing, the no. thing too, is that I, I had this debate when I was in America recently. I had this guy who came uh, to the event. I was in Ohio, and he's from Indianapolis. And Indianapolis is known as a pretty prominent sporting city in the States. You know, they've got the Indy 500. They've got some very passionate sort of sporting fans there. And he was trying to kind of debate with me that Indianapolis was the sporting capital of the world. And I'm like, look, to me, you can't argue that Melbourne is the sporting capital of the world. And, like, I'm not even from Melbourne. I'm from Tasmania. But, like, just there's something about Melbourne that just the events and the passion behind the people. And to me, like, whenever I go overseas and talk about Australia and come to Australia, it's a great place. Like, I always say, go to Melbourne over Sydney or Brisbane because you'll meet real Australians in Melbourne, whereas Sydney's Sydney's more uh, separated. Sydney, to me, they're more grouped off with each other, whereas Melbourne's more yeah, inclusive. No, it's more diverse. Everybody lives with everybody in Melbourne, whereas Sydney, they're more in pockets. You know, well, that's um, you, you've got you've got your Lebanese town, you've got your Tongan town, you've yeah. got your China town, and it and it's. I apologise for that. It's fine. I just uh, think you might again need that nappy changed. <laughs> uh, but but if you think it like for me, I think Mel- Melbourne is the sporting capital. Of the world. You've got Melbourne Cup, you've got the Australian uh, Open, Australian Grand Prix, Melbourne. Yeah. You know the MCG for the grand final. Just yeah, everything happens there. Indianapolis, they've got a car race. <laughs> and it's and even like as big as the Indy 500 is, it's really only an American car race. Whereas the Australian Grand Prix is a, a glo- it's part of the World Championship for Formula One. Well, it's one. international. So, it's an yeah, international yeah. thing. And, like the only thing that Melbourne doesn't have, and and that, that that's the Sydney to Hobart. But I think they do it's have the a yacht Melbourne race. Melbourne to Hobart. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite the same, but that's called the Spirit of Tasmania, and you have to do most of the leg on a car. <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I think um, it's it's this is the thing I, I think, and and one thing that I do love, uh, you know, talking to Americans and explaining them about AFL is 
He's really excited still about Richmond winning this game. Um, oh, he's going nuts. I'll tell you what, I'm trying to give him something so I'd like, take this and run. And just put him in the cupboard or something like that. But um, it's... You, know, you can't eat that. Sorry, I, I, I gave him a, a rock from a beach and he's like, no, that looks for me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat that. And I'm like, what? You gave him a rock to eat? Like, what's the? What's the like, give him. Some, I'm, I'm at my desk, right? So all I've got at my desk is either models that are flipping expensive. I've actually got a sword on my desk for some reason. Right. <laughs> I'm not giving him that. Um, and my microphone. I'm like, yeah. Well, no, none of this stuff you're having. And I'm like, oh yeah, that rock. I got. I picked that rock up the other day. You could have that. Oh no, you're gonna eat it. So no. Uh, one th- I mean, I, I just love explaining to Americans, like, you talk to them about AFL. You talk, and they're straight away like, oh, is that rugby? It's like, no, no, it's not rugby. It's, it's well, you know. I, and you just, try just, to- speaking of, just, just speaking of that real quick, uh, the movie Funny People with mm. Adam Sandler, it's got Eric Banner in it. And I, I went to, I actually went to the pictures to see this with a friend of mine who is a St. Kilda supporter. And there's this scene where they go into the guest house of his ex-wife or something like that. And there's like this big St. Kilda poster on the wall. And it's like, that's the Saints thing. There's no St. Kilda. No, there's no Saints football club in, in America, is there? And they, and they actually... Well, there is actually, but sorry, continue. <laughs> New Orleans Saints, you know, but anyway. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. But it was like the, you know, the legitimate St. Kilda yeah, yeah, shield. Yeah. And... But in that movie, they show Eric Banner trying to describe to Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen how AFL is played. And they actually show yeah. bits and pieces of the game. And I thought, well, well that, that's like the only there, Hollywood movie to show AFL. Well, there's a um, the one that I always show, the AFL in about, uh, was it 2013 or 20, a few years ago. They actually put out a video which specifically describes the game for Americans. Um, and it's brilliant. Like, it's a five-minute video. It perfectly describes our game. And, like, I showed that to multiple people in the US, and they loved it. Like, uh, when I was staying with uh, my friend in Nebraska um, on, over Thanksgiving, I was showing him that video. And then he's like, oh, I want to see more of this. So I was showing him, like, footage of the grand final because this was, like, a year ago when I'd just been to the grand final. And just, you know, he, he absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, I I strictly remember when it comes to cricket, um, the difficulties, like, you, like, we all know what cricket is. We we We... We, as Australians, we know it. We don't need it explained to us. It's just I, like um, Exactly. <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, or like John Farnham. But I tried to explain John Farnham to someone. They didn't get why his music was popular here. But um... <laughs> Don't don't even, even try to do that. That's like... <laughs> We don't even know. Um, but... still, I, 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 tell, I must say, I am still um, stoked that Frankie J. Holden yelled at my kids for trying to run through a car park a few months ago. <laughs> but it's like, I there, there's like one brief video I found on like rules of cricket explaining five minutes. And even I watched it going, I don't know what they're saying to me. And this doesn't explain cricket. I was in a car trip from Orlando to Miami, a three hour car trip trying to explain to somebody who we won't mention her because she's probably let's not get involved in that but I I could not like I think she got the gist of it but like even I'm saying like God, cricket's a weird game to explain it when you speak it out loud. No, okay, no, no, no. You can explain it quite simply okay. I'm going to attempt to do this Oh very God, quickly. here we go. Okay. <laughs> You've got I think it's ten men aside correct? 11. Eleven. I'm already losing. You're eleven minutes high. Yeah, the the bowler has six attempts. 
<laughs> and they cycle through the bowlers. His attempt is to knock down the three pieces of wood at the end of the of the <laughs> runway. We call That's... it a runway. Okay, just it's to, not so, a runway. It's so, 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 so they don't get confused. <laughs> it's called a pitch. No, we it's call it a runway. runway. So they understand what we're talking about. They think, oh, yeah, long. But even America, they like, what, you you fly a plane down there? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> you do when they're not playing on the field. We take the remote control planes down there at the park when they're not there. <laughs> You're and not going to be able to do this. You don't throw a ball. To <laughs> bowl it. You don't throw it. You're not allowed to throw it. You get penalised if you throw it. <laughs> This is what I'm talking about. You can't explain cricket. The only way that I can fathom explaining cricket to somebody is actually making them watch a live game with you. Yeah, do you, you watch Family Guy. We yes. all watch Family Guy. It's a guilty pleasure. There, there's an episode where they were doing, like, a, the British version of Family Guy, and they were like, um, like, Peter and all that are in the grandstand watching the game, and something happens, and he's like... Yeah, and everyone goes boo, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know, boo." And he's like, "We don't understand this game." <laughs> that, that was that was me and Marcus last year when we went to an NFL game in New York. We literally were like, "Oh, what's going on?" And all these like New York Jets fans are like, "Boo!" And we we're like, "Yeah, boo! That was not right." <laughs> <laughs> and like, I can actually semi understand American football, but like cricket, like no, like no, nobody. I, I, can I, I love American cricket. football. I think it's a great sport. It's growing on me. It's actually quite growing on me because it's, it's actually it's like the subtleties, like the strategic element to NFL. Like um, I mean, college games are much more fun than professional ones. But it's kind of like soccer. Our good friend Sammy McCrossan absolutely despises soccer, but like soccer, I love soccer, and soccer is a very strategic game. If you can get past like. The, the subtleties and like the idiots who dive and pretend they broke their leg, but like I love soccer. I I'm a big soccer fan, so like I'm I'm one of the people who get behind soccer. Well, to me, is, soccer is very. It's like chess. Yeah, and and I had this conversation earlier this week with one of the guys that I play war games with, and it was yeah. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Father of the year, Joshua Shoebridge, right there. No, I'm talking to you, you <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, wow. Okay. Friend of the year. <laughs> uh, no, no. No, this boy here is awesome. But as I was saying, it, 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 the one thing that lets soccer down, and I think a lot of sports get let down by this, and that's the, the fans. You know, back to the fans sort of thing. If you look at like, back in the day, it used to be, yeah, go, man, yeah, go, gunners, and all that sort of thing, and... Now it's like, oh, my team, what I'm going to... You've got skinheads going for West Ham. I think, I think Gabriel goes to West Ham right there. He sounds like he was about to throw something. <laughs> That's because I was, I almost took him off my lap. He, he, <laughs> he nearly dropped his child. <laughs> no, I want him off my lap. but Get off my lap! Get on the floor! <laughs> I ain't Santa. Uh, <laughs> stop touching the computer! Um <laughs> You are literally moments away from putting him in the bin. <laughs> Get in there! No, I, okay, no, I've changed his nappy that many times. That, uh, there's been ones where I've been tempted. <laughs> this is probably nice. the funniest interview I've ever done. <laughs> just got... Every time we have a chat, I'm, we've, we've got this thing going where I say something politically incorrect and you run with it. That's how it works. <laughs> But now we've got the we've got the vocal minority out there having a whinge, as voiced by your child. <laughs> Here's a funny thing: I'm giving him the butt of a gun to chew on. How's that sound? <laughs> 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 
And I'll take a oh. photo of it. <laughs> He's not happy about that gun. I didn't no. want this one, Daddy. I want an AK-47. <laughs> Okay, you know a funny thing that you just said there? The butt of the gun I just gave him is from a Dragonov sniper rifle, which is basically an AK-47 with a longer barrel. Um, just saying, he's got the best of the best. We all know airsoft's illegal in Australia. That's another sports thing for you. That's a stupid thing. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, in Australia, it is legal to own a gel ball blaster, so they, it's a little bit, it's like in between Nerf and paintball, and it's legal to own without uh, license. And I've, I've actually collected a few now. I've got a, I've got a, a dragon of, as I said, I've got a desert desert eagle, and I have an M4 Terminator, and they're all flipping awesome, and they leave welts, which is even better. Right, so is that what you do with Gabriel when he doesn't be quiet sometimes? Or No, I put him on his trike and go, moving target, go. <laughs> Just a little pot shot that is. Pop, 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 pop. Um, Josh, are you going to um, go out of your way to, to get merchandise? I mean, you know, it could be 37 years until you have to buy anything that says the word, you know, Richmond Tigers premiers on it. Oh, mate, I'll be... I, I need a new jersey. I need a hat. Um... Thinking about getting the flag to put up down the back, just so everyone in the highway can see. <laughs> um, but no, as I said, um, I'm very, 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 very keen to join as a member for the Richmond Tigers 2018 season now. Well, you should. You, you and, definitely and should. And I think they've earned my money this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you had 75,000 members this year, Josh. I, it wouldn't surprise me if you push upwards towards 100,000 because, uh, you know, uh, talking about the bandwagon. I mean, in all seriousness, there probably is a lot of uh, supporters like yourself out there who don't necessarily buy memberships. I mean, look, I was growing up was a member of Carlton for many years. My grandma used to get it for me every year for my birthday, but then stopped doing it. And I think probably at least the last three or four years in a row, I'd want to say, I've been a paid member of Carlton, um, so, yeah, yeah I and mean, look, it, I, I, it's something, it's something like, to support your club. I think it's important. Well, that's it. It, it helps them, and it, in, in turn, the more money they get, the more the more time they have to, to support the kids and the um, Oz kick and that sort of stuff, and that's, for me, that's the most important thing is, is getting the grassroots going, and, yeah, yeah I, I think one of the things that helped Richmond today was the amount of Richmond supporters at the G. Oh, bloody hell, yeah. Oh, because they, they, when they've got a majority crowd, they just go. Josh, and that, oh, yeah, I, I just want to interrupt you there slightly because I want to do something here. I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think that uh, 150 to 200% correct. I'm going to just try something here. I'm going to press a few buttons here. Uh, can you still hear me loud and clearly right now? I can, I can. Perfect. I can. I'm going to start playing a song here, and I want you to start singing along with it. Are you ready for this? Because I think you know what I'm going to play. Oh, uh, I think you do. As, as a perfect way to close it out. Here we go, Josh. Get excited, because it's time to hear this for the 478,000th time today. Let's get behind it. Oh, that's it. Away from Tigerland. I can't hear it now. I can't hear it now. <laughs> oh. Okay, go again, go again. Go again. Do you want me to start it again? Oh, hang on a sec. No, this, this, this is great radio. Turn it up louder. Oh, <laughs> my dad's trying to sleep. He's having a nana nap. All right, let's try this again. Away from Tigerland. A fighting fury from Tigerland. In any way there will 
I just have to say that um, people listening to this probably heard barely any of you singing because the song was so loud, but who gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't bloody hear the damn thing. <laughs> Josh, it's always a pleasure. Congratulations, and uh, we will speak to you very soon. Thanks, mate. Say bye-bye, Alec. game. <laughs> <laughs> Get your son's name right. Oh, no, we do that all the time. We, we've nicknamed him Allah. All oh, right. <laughs> just call him Basher Hawley. You'll get away with it. All right, we're back. We're back from outer space. You just Did walked into that space? room to find that look upon my face. You should have changed that stupid lock. You should have changed that little key. If I had known for just one second, you were back to bother me. No, now go. Walk out the door. Uh, we're going to press this oh, button right okay, now. Okay. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favorite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Forget the Lyrics. That was I Will Survive. Yeah. Don't know that song? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, on gay marriage, by the way. Uh, now, uh... <laughs> Gay anthem. Uh, we are we are into the duet phase of forget lyrics. Uh, last week you went first and I chose a subject to make it fair. This week I will go first and you will choose a subject. The song that we are singing to is "Crazy" by Niles Barclay. Um, we seem to be recently doing our duets from the mid two thousands. Why not? Uh, what am I singing about? You're singing. Well, are we singing about? We are right? singing about building a house. Okay, brick by brick. Yep. But only laying one brick each day. That is a very specific topic. Mm. That's a that's an interesting one. Mm. Okay. Here we go. Uh, duet crazy. Niles Barclay building a house brick by brick, but only laying one brick per day. Uh, sure. All right. Let's do this. I'm kicking things off. Over to me. Thanks, me. You can't put two bricks down one day. Must be one. I decided, decided to build a house. I thought, fuck it, I wanna take my time. So I thought myself, how about I lay a brick each day? Mm-hmm. I bought some bricks, I bought lots of them and put them on a bench. I thought, what a quite nice bench this is. Gonna make sure I build it slowly. Does that make me slow? Does that make me slow? Building a house a day with a brick Very slow Dakota On the upside Didn't matter if I changed my mind About what I wanted the house to look like that's not the house, how the song goes. <laughs> mm. Mm. So I went, because it's if I change my mind. You can build a brick by brick at what I don't, I lost. I lost my train of thought. Does that make me crazy? Building a house. Brick by brick One day at a time 
I, oh, apparently I'm continuing with this bit. Ben lifted his microphone and was like, yeah, I'm to you. I don't know. I don't know this bit. I don't know the third verse. That's why I gave it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this bit either. That's good. <laughs> That's wonderful. Mm. <laughs> Building a house with a brick and a brick and a bit and a bit the next day. All of a sudden it's like May. And when did you start? I started in June the previous year and I've got one wall up. Yeah, fair enough. But maybe I'm slow. I really don't know why I chose a house to build this way. Build a house this way. It's a pretty stupid way to build a house. But I'm sure the fucking Egyptians did it or something. I mean, the fucking pyramids didn't take that quickly to build and shit. They would have only done a brick and shit and... Blah blah blah, and then they would have done one, then the other, and the other, and then would slow and slow and up, 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 up. They didn't have modern conventional building standards. Actually, they, they, they didn't have they didn't have codes to abide by, and then they built the Great Wall of China, which took like thirty years. That would have been like brick by brick, so maybe we're like back in ancient times. Is that what you're trying to apply here? No, but apparently they built the pyramids like from the top up. Oh, the songs ended. Top down. Songs ended. Yeah. How does that work? That how, how can you build them from the top down? Well, they, they there's nothing to support them from the bottom. Fucking, they'd make the top. And then they build under it. But what, like, where, how? It's what, not that what? difficult. It's not that difficult to conceive, is if it? I, if I build the Empire State Building and I put the antenna in the top, it's got to be supported by something. It doesn't just float in the air. Yeah, but they built the... <laughs> fuck. They, they make the top... They didn't put the top up the top. <laughs> but they started from the top. So they flipped it. They, they like, built it from the bottom up and then they flipped it. Isn't that, isn't that a Drake song? Started from the bottom, now I'm here. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now I'm here. Uh, uh, they built uh. the top, but it wasn't at the top. But by the time they finished the building, it was at the top. But you, you're, not, uh, you're not understanding the logic here. You're not understanding you what I'm... No. You, you, <laughs> you don't... No, they built the top... Of, like, fuck, I don't even know how to... No, you, you. You're, you're trying... <laughs> You're trying to explain that they built the pyramids from the top to yes. the bottom, but then somehow they were supported in midair with no, nothing underneath. No, that's not what I said at all. You said they built it from the top to the bottom. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> this is deco- hashtag decoder logic. No. They built- <laughs> oh, no. Nah, fuck, I give up. You've you got to try. I want you to explain this to me. No. Like, give me a score out of 10, because this is legitimately no, what our me. audience right now are trying to work out <laughs> how this is a thing. No, because they build the top. Okay, they build the top. They build the rest of the pyramid under it. And the top you, you need to speak into the microphone because generally that's how build the, rest the podcast works. They build the rest of the pyramid under it and the top would... But how can they build a the top, top and not move. have the bottom because then there's nothing to support it? This is not a smart the thing to do, would, Egypt. Egypt, the top, no. The top would move up <laughs> as they built the rest of the pyramid. What score out of 10 do you give me? <laughs> give you a date. An eight. Is that all? Yes. <laughs> I give you a seven, so I win. <laughs> you give five. Yes! Whatever. Dakota is so pissed off right now. Uh, Dakota, it's fun as always. Thank you very much. Uh, and we will speak to you when I next invite you into my house. Good night. <laughs> It's been a few weeks since we've had this guy on, just because apparently nothing's exciting has happened in Canada, but uh, we thought it did this week, sort of. Uh, it's Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back to The Brink. 
Yeah, it took something happening in Australia to bring me on to talk about Canada. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what we do. Obviously, we're, we're talking a fair bit here on the show about sort of reactions and everything to the, the grand final. But uh, you you watched it. You uh, Obviously, we've mm. established your brother as a big AFL fan, uh, plays it, the Winnipeg Bears, can the Bears. Um, yeah. How was this experience? Tell, like, Did you watch this live live or did you watch it the next day? Because it was on quite late for you guys in Canada, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it starts at 9 or even like the pre-show starts at 9. And it basically would have ran till about 2 or 3 in the morning, which, I mean, if I had nothing else to go on uh, with the next day, I might have stayed up to watch it. But uh, I've got like a, a half marathon to get ready for in two weeks, so I had to be up at 5 in the morning. So that was fun, just that on its own. Uh, my brother, of course, had to work as well, so he PVR'd the game, and he kind of made a party of it and invited like our nephews over and uh, you know another guy who had never seen Australian football before. And we had our own, like, viewing party. I mean, the Winnipeg Bears had their live viewing party at a pizza place here called Boston Pizza that actually airs the games. Uh, Sadly, we missed that. Uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of pictures up. But, yeah, it was an interesting experience because I watched last year's game, which is one of the only games I've ever seen. And it was way more entertaining than I thought it would have been. But I kind of watched that myself you know, just sitting around the living room. And let me fast forward this part. Let me see what happens here. (laughs) This was like... Start to finish, don't stop. Watch it all the way through, and I mean, it was great. It was it was fun, even though it was a complete blowout. Did you have a team that you were rooting for? I mean, I know your brother is a bit of a fan of both teams, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, his he says his number one is Adelaide, his number two is Richmond. Uh, I honestly couldn't care less. I mean, I spent seventy dollars on an Adelaide hoodie for him <laughs> last year for his birthday. So in a way, I'm like, they better win, so this is worth it. But I found myself actually cheering for Richmond just because all my nephews figured, well, we got to cheer for Uncle Ian's team, you know, so uh, everybody seemed to be against Richmond. So I'm like, well, I'll pick the underdogs here. I mean, I was glad I was by the end of the game. I would honestly say Richmond would have legitimately been comparable to the to Maple Leafs in terms of just the reaction that it has brought about them winning because... Um, you know, they were the perennial... I think I remember saying to your brother when I found out that he liked Richmond, I'm like, well, be prepared for years of heartbreak. They're the they're the nearly team. They always finish ninth. They just finish outside the top eight. And they were the only team uh, of the original teams, I guess, since I've been on this earth, that I've never seen play in a grand final or never seen make it that far because hadn't been in a grand final since 82, hadn't won since 1980. But just the support base that they have, they've got incredibly passionate supporters. I would argue you know, more more passionate supporters than the club I go for. Uh, they're just very much, um, you know, their supporters are something else. But not in a, on a level, whereas Collingwood supporters, who are just rabid mental dickheads, uh, Richmond supporters are just kind of, I don't know, like, you feel sorry for them. I, I honestly reckon that the reaction that we've got right now to them winning this premiership, like, non-Richmond supporters and non-Adelaide supporters are very much so happy that they won it. And the reactions, like, I've woken up here and seen um, the like the streets around Melbourne. Like, we're not, Australians are very, like, we're passionate sports fans, but we kind of, like, we celebrate, and then we drink beer, and we go home. We're not like Canadians when, you know, you lose yeah. a Stanley Cup, you riot for the next three days, you know what I mean? You win a Stanley Cup, you riot. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the one I love about Canadians. You're perceived as the nicest people on the planet, yet you just fucking riot at hockey. But, like, there is just scenes overnight in the main streets of Richmond of people climbing up on buildings, jumping on cars, and they've gone to the Collingwood headquarters and smashed that up, and they're just abs... And, like, the, even the style of the articles, it's not like, chaos in Melbourne as Richmond fans celebrate it's literally like Richmond fans were excited last night 
They were yelling, fuck the police, but the police didn't mind. A few of them got sprayed with capsicum spray, but the police just stood back and watched them. Climb on cars, jump on buildings, smash windows. Like, even riots in Australia like, yeah, mate, she'll be right. Don't worry about it. Just let them calm down. Like, seriously, I've never seen anything like this. And um, I honestly think that, as I said like three times now, very similar to how I, I can imagine the Maple Leafs would be if, when they eventually win the Stanley Cup again. Yeah. Next year, right? Yeah, um Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if it happened to Richmond, it can happen to the Maple Leafs. Well, that's, I mean, I will say, like, in all seriousness, I've seen the Bulldogs and Richmond win the Premiership in the last two years. Two sides that growing up to me were the sides that never got close to winning it. So, uh, yeah, I, I honestly can think any sporting team. The Cubs won the fucking World Series. Like, yeah. anyone can win a championship now. Uh, you know, one thing I did notice watching the game, though, is, like, how many things are just painfully Australian to somebody else you're not going <laughs> to notice? Like, some of the names stood out for me or I'm like there's a guy named Basher what's his name Basher 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 Hooley I'm like how come Canadians don't have like (laughs) epic names like that and there's like a guy Tex something or other Tex Walker yeah Dusty so like all these (laughs) yeah like all these names I'm like I want like my own like Australian football name you know so I was like brainstorming the whole time I'm like what kind of name could go then you know, between all of us there, we sort of came up with some names for ourselves. Um, mine is Flip McCracken. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Uh, and that's Kraken with a K, like the beast, because I'm a beast on the field, I guess. Um, my brother said, if you get to be Flip McCracken, then I get to be Fletch McGonagall. <laughs> so now you're just going to be British. This- <laughs> this, this just sounded like an Australian thing to do. I and mean, the name doesn't sound Australian, but it sounds like the type of name that weird name in Australia would have, like Chumpy Poolin, which I brought up. <laughs> you know, we were watching the game. Um, the other guy we were watching with decided to name my nephew Sufi Flatuler. <laughs> <laughs> All three of you would fit in so well in this country. <laughs> yeah, so we got our Australian names. Um, I basically butchered most of the names as we were watching this. Um, even some of the, the advertisements, they're like, what is a bingle and why does that sound so painfully Australian? <laughs> and like, what is lad broke? And I, I mistakenly uh, called it several times, lard bloke. Yeah. Um, so, lard well, bloke or lad bloke. Bingles are like an insurance company for like car accidents. So it's, uh, I guess, a bingle in Australia. I don't know if you call like a car accident and a bingle in Canada. Like if you get into a car crash, oh, I had a bit of a bingle with my car. So like, we say we had a bit of a Sufi flatuler with the car. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's kind of some companies. The thing that I will say, like um, our our advertising companies are, are very weird. Like um, our main motor racing series here, the V8 Supercars, which is kind of I guess Australia's NASCAR. It's um, you know, we call them bogans. I guess Australian rednecks really do love it. And just you want to see some shit advertising. We have um, you know, a, a a liquor store here in Australia. We call it a bottle shop called the Thirsty Camel. Uh, and we also like a, a, a parochial term in Australia for a liquor store, a bottle shop. We call it a bottle o. So like you've got these cars <laughs> driving around track with bottle o sponsorship on it. Um, you know, it's just it's the most bogan looking sporting competition. But Ladbrokes. So like. There is a huge thing in this country when it comes to uh, betting agencies being very much sponsors of everything. And I don't know how much of our coverage you got over there, but, like, every three seconds there's somebody coming in with the odds for, like, oh, Richmond are, you know, $2.21 and Adelaide $1.73, and if Dusty Martin kicks a goal within the first three seconds, you all win a pony. Like, I mean, it's it's just literally they, they control our, our average. And it's, it's kind of... Um, 
you know, we got rid of smoking advertising, we got rid of sort of alcohol advertising, and now we've kind of stuck with gambling. I don't particularly think it's good. <laughs> but um, I mean, I'm interested in like, did you get uh, the coverage? So did you get uh, like all the post-game interviews on the field? And if yeah. so, did they censor them or did you get the language? Um, no, I mean, there were really only two I think they showed. Wow. Uh, so maybe we didn't get the whole thing. I, I think there was some editing in there because I noticed it was crazy after they won that it looked like the entire field was full. Like, I don't know if ever, you were there last year. Everybody gets to, like, go on the field at some point or something like that? Not not the fans, but uh, they have, like, a lot of people do go on the field. Like, I mean, a lot of photographers, journalists, a lot of support mm-hmm. staff. And they've got to set up the little podium, the dais. But, um, yeah. I uh, mean, it looked like the entire – it looked like the Olympic closing ceremonies to me. <laughs> and then we go to commercial break and we come back, like, two minutes later and the field's clear. And I'm like, how did they clear it that quickly? It's um yeah well because what they actually they do in terms of the game itself so like uh, the killers were the headline support act and I guess post game they have a free concert after the actual game where everybody can go on the field and watch the killers play and then they get the team to come out later on with the premiership cup to celebrate uh, but they don't know they don't let you on the field the the uh, fans they do actually it's a tradition in AFL. Some grounds do let you on the ground after the game. You can have a kick to kick after the game, which is like a... It's almost like a war zone. You're dodging footballs coming at your head every three seconds. Mm. But, um, no, the, the reason I say about the interviews was because, uh, obviously, we're getting them all live and, you know, all the players reacting. And there was a bit of controversy because at least two of the players just didn't give a shit they were live on TV. So, <laughs> Jack Rewalt, who is a Tasmanian, uh, one of their star players, been around for a while, he's there like, mate, last year we were 13th and we got belted by 100 points in the last game and now we're fucking premiers. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Dustin Martin, who, of course, you know, uh, if you didn't get caught up in any of the pandemonium around Dusty Martin with his neck tattoos and his just, you know, he looks like an absolute bogan. But can I just say, a bogan you wouldn't want to mess with. That guy would kill you if you looked at him wrongly. Uh, he's a tough motherfucker. But, like, um, he won the Brownlow medal this week, which is, like, our MVP. He won the Norm Smith Best Player in Ground. First time a player has ever done that to win it in the same week and a premiership player. So he's just an absolute brilliant player. But, um, yeah, he was being interviewed, too. And he's just, he didn't he didn't even apologise. He's like, hey, we fucking won. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> this is so Australian. Uh, because yeah. uh, the guy who was interviewed, so I don't know if you, I mean, you would have only seen our coverage, I guess, because that was Channel 7 hold exclusive rights to it. But uh, so I'm sure they kept, you saw the footage where they kept cutting to like the people in the crowd crying. And there was a guy on yeah. the, uh, the sideline, Matthew Richardson, who was crying. Um, he's a, you know, legendary Tasmanian footballer. He was just like a brilliant player for Richmond. And now he's like, there. everybody, they call him Richo in Australia. He's just a nice, nice guy. And like, he was the one who presented the, the trophy, the Premiership Cup to them. And just everybody loves him to bits. And just, just seeing him cry and just, oh, so good. But uh, yeah, it was... I mean, what what other things that you like watching it that you picked up on besides the Australian names? I mean, did the game in general is it something you can get behind like your brother does, or maybe not quite as much? Well, I mean, now that we've played it for several weeks with the Winnipeg Bears, who you can follow <laughs> on Facebook, um, it's it's a lot easier to follow it now and realizing don't fast forward like what i mistake i made last year when my brother started telling me about this is when i heard a whistle i was doing what i do in football or hockey and i'm fast forwarding you know 30 seconds on my pvr (laughs) and like well what just happened like they scored two times in the last 30 seconds somehow yeah you can follow it more now i think you know there's the fact that it runs when nhl is not on and here it's ending you know what five days before the nhl season starts it'll make it a lot easier to follow that 
Um, the names I did want to mention one more thing on because I butchered these names so badly. Uh, legitimately couldn't remember them. Uh, my brother put up a post as soon as this game was over, and I'll just read what it says here. It says, The only thing that comforts me while watching the Adelaide Crows lose in the AFL Grand Final is listening to my brother call and try to remember the players' names. Eddie Betts is Eddie Vetter. <laughs> Daniel Rioli is Daniel Aoli. And to top it off, Batcher, Basher Hooley is apparently Mookie Blaylock. So I called Basher Hooley Mookie Blaylock more than once throughout the game. I love uh, Eddie Betts. Oh, God. Just a side note. Eddie Betts used to play for Carlton. He was an absolute champion for us and uh, sadly, you know, got a lot of money to go to play for Adelaide. So it kind of hurts me as a Carlton fan to see him play in a grand final and not play for us because he was amazing for us. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the thing with the, the the best thing, and I'm sure your brother is definitely keen to do it one day. You've got to do it as well. But, like, it's just – it's our Super Bowl. It's just such a tradition yeah. to, to, you know, have the, the day where you're drinking, you're, you're eating food. And, like, it, it was weird for me to actually not be there. Like, I was, I've only been once, but just having experienced all that in person is just something incredible. But uh, they had over 100,000 people. It was the first time, I think, in about six years they had over 100,000 people. Um, which was amazing. And, um, you know, just the traditions. I don't know how much of the pregame stuff you saw, like when you had that guy singing a song called Up There, Kazali, um, and then you just like the national anthem and just, you know, like we're, we're, we're a kind of a country that we're not quite as, uh, you know, patriotic as America. I don't even say Canada is a much more patriotic country than Australia when it comes to sort of traditions and stuff like that. But there is nothing like hearing that national anthem on grand final day. Uh, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I remember the the lead up to that bounce just in that stadium and it would have even been a more of an atmosphere there yesterday with Richmond in it. Um, I just, it's, it's incredible. And I just, I want to point out a special thing here. We, we, you, I'm sure you've heard me talk about our website here called news.com.au, a piece of yeah. shit that passes itself off as journalism. Um, they had an article at the day of recording this basically saying that why our grand final, it was bad. It was a terrible grand final and how the AFL is turning shit because uh, the last two years have seen two teams win it that aren't competitive and shouldn't have won it, but it's just good for the storyline on the fact uh, that, you know, they've broken their droughts. The headline is AFL's boring, biased blockbuster, and it followed by Richmond's players are the only ones waking up with headaches today. The Tigers' win was a terrible result for football. This is written by Jai Bendel, who is the sports editor of this website. Jai Bendel, you are a fucking idiot. You seriously are a wanker. I've looked at your profile. You're an Adelaide Crow supporter for starters, and I wonder you're having a sook. If you are literally the only person in this country, probably even yourself, in another country, in Canada, who is watching this, thinking how great this is to see these scenes and how amazing it is, he's literally the only person in the world who thinks that seeing Richmond win this year, the Western Bulldogs winning last year, is a bad thing for football. Jai Bendel, fuck you. You're an asshole. Fuck you. I just have to put that out there on the record. Yeah, Ty Vandell, uh, you disgust me. <laughs> you got You're as bad as Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> uh, before I let you go, Kyle, are you gonna? So you're gonna watch this more next season? Are you gonna adopt a team? I think we kind of uh, when we had your brother on, you said like, "Oh, Colin Collingwood." Uh, no, you can't go for yeah. him. Uh, are you gonna follow this a little bit more? Yeah, I'll have to do a little bit more research and find out who has the funniest names. That's probably what I'll end up basing it on. <laughs> well, again, I could be biased and try and make you go for Carlton. But again, I said that about having pain and suffering. And I said that to your brother and Richmond won the premiership. So um, <laughs> I don't know how close we are to winning a premiership. But never say never. I mean, again, Richmond are premiers. So for fuck's sake, I can say those words. Uh, Flip McCracken, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. <laughs> 
thank you and thank Fletch McGonagall for the lovely invite to the game. Time to close out another episode. It's been a very full, busy episode, one that uh, we hope that you have stuck through because uh, this is up there with one of our longest uh, episodes that we've ever done. So uh, obviously there's a lot involved in putting this together. And uh, we hope that uh, every single minute of it, you've come out and gone, yeah, I actually enjoyed listening to it. And if maybe there was at least one minute of it that you didn't, then I'm not sure how what to say. But, um, you know, in, a, in what essentially is uh, one of our longest episodes ever, we hope you enjoy. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you can, of course, follow us on Facebook and uh, Twitter, social media, keep up to that, YouTube as well. And uh, some exciting news, hopefully, to come in the next week or so in regards to some things we've got going on with the show. So stay tuned for that. But thank you for tuning in once again to the Bring It To All Our Guests that were on the program today. We appreciate your company. Until we next week again, my name is Ben. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. 